Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zachary. I'm your host. We are on September 16, 2017. Is the date today. Joining me today, three special guests of mine. First up, we've got Josh Torres. Hello, hello. Adam Vitali. It's me. And James Galizio. Hello. Hello, everyone. All right, great. So, uh, this past week has been pretty nuts uh, in terms of news. Uh, I think it was on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Nintendo announced just that. exploded. Exactly. Uh, Nintendo announced that they would have a direct uh, that upcoming Wednesday on the uh, third. Is it the 15th, 14th, 13th? Is that the 13th? 13th. Okay. 13th. I can't count backwards uh, for my days. Um, 13th. They had their Nintendo Direct, where they announced a bunch of stuff, uh, both in America and Japan, and uh, <laughs> upset a lot of people in some ways, but then it got a lot of people excited in other ways. So uh, we'll be having a lot of that discussion later on in the news, along with some other exciting things that were announced, and so not-so-exciting things were announced. So before we get into that, as always, we like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So first up, Adam. I know, of course, uh, we went over this last week. Uh, you had been playing a lot of the Etrian Odyssey games. Actually, in fact, you had, uh, the last we talked, you had started, or at least got some ways into Etrian Odyssey 4. Uh, but it looks like you got that taken care of, and now you're back into the uh, the remakes that came out for the 3DS. So, the more uh, things change, the more things stay the same. This is kind of Adam yeah. in a nutshell, honestly. Uh, so, uh, Etrian <laughs> Odyssey Untold the Millennium Girl. Now, I, didn't get, I did not get a chance myself to play any of these... Um, remakes i think there's only two in fact so that's not you know too uh bad to see two for now yes. you might get get oh, more announcements in a week <laughs> well three i can definitely see it i don't know about yeah. four obviously it's, it's, it's the apple special just remake everything that you used to make honestly they need to bundle them all and put them on the switch but adam how's been, how's untold been for you you said you were not so sure about playing that first and so you waited well um i mean originally i wanted just to play uh the series and you know like well where do i start do i start with the the original game or do i start with the remake of the first game and i kind of just decided to start with the original the very first one um a couple months ago you know just i wanted to see like this was how etrian odyssey started like this is the very first one like how it was introduced to the world um and i just wanted to to see what it was like and i kind of wanted to play it from there to kind of see how the series evolved over time and all that um and then now i played the first four games i finished the fourth one last week and now i'm playing the remake of the first one yes. and i mean they're still introducing new like elements to the game uh, and not just that this the, the remake has like a story mode so it actually has like Rather than creating your characters, you can set. It has like set characters that join your party, and you know you can't change them. You can't choose who they are. They're just set characters, um, and it kind of just takes the very light um, story of the very first game, which you know is a, it's a dungeon crawler. It's, it had a story, but it was just very light and you know kind of in the background, and it kind of just expands on it a bit. And it's the same story, just kind of a little bit more involved. Um, I decided to do story mode because I kind of already got the true. There is a classic mode version in the remake, um, which has like the new like the, some of the mechanical things they've enhanced uh, over the years. But I decided to go with the story mode to kind of get a different perspective of it. And you know, it's kind of whatever to be honest. It's just like the story isn't like insultingly bad or anything like that. It's not too talky even. It's just kind of there. It's, it's just okay. a more guided version of like yeah. the Etrian Odyssey experience because you know a lot of people need story to actually give context into what they're doing. So I yeah, see why I had to do it. And it's it's 
Um, so this game has some really neat, like, uh, quality of life things. There's some really nice typing. on the keyboard. Zach. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to mute my uh, microphone. My bad. <laughs> so, like, for example, Millennium Girl has by has the fastest like walk speed in the dungeons, which of course in a dungeon yeah. crawler is always really nice. You can just kind of you know pop around really quickly. And also, one thing I thought was really neat was if you map out a floor like with like not, you don't have to be like perfect, but near completely. Um, you you basically gain this ability to jump the floor like on a revisit, so you can just skip it. Um, mm-hmm. In earlier games, you have to if you wanted to retraverse through the floor. If you're doing a side quest, if you're just kind of you know retra- backtracking for whatever reason, you kind of had to. You, you while you could unlock shortcuts like through various walls and whatnot, you still had to walk from one staircase to the next. Um, but this this Millennium Girl remake adds the ability to basically to literally just skip the floor like entirely, um, as long as you map it out. So that's kind of a cool thing, both in terms of it kind of gives you an incentive to to map it, and it makes the backtracking, like questing element of it, just a little bit less tedious because you don't have to retrace your steps all the time. Um, so that's neat. And so basically, I'm already near the end of the game. Um, How long is I've that story mode? I'm not, I don't know. The games don't have like hour counters on them, so I don't oh, even yeah. know like how much of my life I am wasting on these. Um, maybe it's for the best. I've been basically playing Etrian Odyssey like, like, in all the free time I've had in the last month, basically, um, marathoning through it. Like Zach was saying earlier, this is kind of what I do sometimes, just for no reason at all. <laughs> it's okay, of course. That's there it's kind of crazy. You talked about just not long ago that, man, we really need to catch up for Game of the Year, and yet you are playing like yeah. these old games. But that's, I mean, honestly, whatever prepares you, because, yeah, we've got a Turn Odyssey 5, obviously, for this year. So uh, yep. that's something. They, they recently so. at the Nintendo Direct, we'll talk about what I'll say announced later, but they have a demo for a Turn Odyssey 5 uh, as well, which they've had for some of the previous games, where you can kind of just, like, explore the first couple of floors and set your party, and then you, you dabble with that at all? Over. Sorry? Did you dabble with that at all? I don't have it yet, but I'm planning on getting to it okay. once I finish the other games. Um, He'll so, do Untold 2 first, then that. Probably. Okay. <laughs> because, why not? If yeah. there's only one game left, <laughs> I can do it. So, yeah, it's... I mean, I've already said my piece on Extreme Odyssey in previous uh-huh. podcasts. It's, you know... It's definitely, like... Uh, the remake versus the original game. Um, it's definitely like more inviting because of the uh the speed of things and this in the jumping of floors and things like that so it's you know it, it it's kind of a you know has a lot of your quality of life things that are nice yeah i can still hear you type oh my gosh i forgot to mute the freaking microphone <laughs> sorry I, that's all i had to say really I mean, oh, okay one thing i will say about the story mode that's kind of it's just like a small thing but the original etrian odyssey it kind of has a small little twist that kind of just it lays on you at near the end of the game. We kind of we kind of realize like what this world is, and then like the story mode of the remake kind of just dumps that on you at the, at the beginning of the game instead. So it's like oh, well, it's, you know, it's just they kind of just, just reordered things. A little bit disappointing. Mm. It's just kind of like you know, I guess they decided to do it this way instead. Oh well. <laughs> do you think it's just like it's that kind of a. Uh... That element of like surprise is like totally gone. Like they don't make good on that at all. It, it, 
Correct. And I mean, it's not like a major, major thing, but it's just kind of it, like... It would have been a cool thing to like expand in like a neat way. Like it would have added like a little I bit I remember more in the original game, for people who have played it, like when you get to the fifth stratum, you kind of like, it kind of just dawned on you like, oh, now I know what this dungeon is. You know, like I, I like now I understand what this is. And it, 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 there's no dialogue. It doesn't like, you know, it's not like some character like has a big reveal or anything. You just start, realize it at that point. And then here it's just kind of like with the story mode, and there's a couple of cutscenes and things like that. It's just kind of it's just dumped on you at the beginning instead, and just like oh, like okay. did they explain it to you, or just like it's like, basically explained to you more directly. So it's oh. like okay, yeah, that, that, that's just kinda, a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of like. I, I like environmental storytelling in the way that the, you said in the former, just like, oh, you realize that that it dawned on you like just seamlessly or just like, hey, a text box or scene that specifically tells you, OK, this is what it is. And then boom, mm-hmm. you go on. It's like, ah, it's, just, uh, it's just like, a, it's, I guess, I mean, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's it. It's just mm-hmm. kind of blah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. How about you, James? What have you been doing? Yeah. Um, I've been playing mostly two games, um, Monster Hunter Stories, since I'm going through that for review. But honestly, mostly what I've been playing has been Destiny 2, because I'm stuck on the raid. Yeah. <laughs> that just that just popped up, right? Like, they only just put the raid up? Yeah, just this week on yeah. Tuesday. Um, did not play the first Destiny, so I can't really say anything regards to, like, how different it is from the first game. I've been hearing a wide variety of opinions on that. Yeah. From people that play yeah, it's it, all so. over the board. It's it's kind of it's it's kind of fascinating because Some you get like calling it yeah Destiny 1.5. Others are saying oh it's a full sequel. People are talking about oh the story is amazing or there's not enough content. It's like I don't know. From what um, I, from what I've heard, it seems like it's been um you know they definitely improved the gameplay and the story, but it still has that problem of lying on like too many different types of currency and things like that that's like it's still got uh, that problem with i wouldn't it. really say that there's only really two currency out in the game you have a glimmer which can be used to buy stuff which you aren't really going to be using that often unless you're buying armor mods at the end of the game hmm. and then you have legendary shards which you get from dismantling legendary or exotic equipment which you can then use to bring to kind of merge two pieces of equipment so example for example let's say you have this one gun that you really like but the power level is a bit lower compared to the rest of your uh, equipment. But you have a, uh, another gun that's the same class, but a different gun, different um, attributes and whatnot. But it has a higher power level. You can uh, use this um, system called Infusion. I believe it was in the first game, too. I'm almost certain that was the case. So you can use some legendary shards, and you can actually take the power level from the higher gun and put it in the other gun. What class did you roll, or did you, do you have multiple characters? Uh, right now, I've mostly been using the Warlock, but I also do have a Hunter that I've been building up ever so slowly. How, how are you liking the the Warlock? Because I'm kind of torn right now with the PC version next month. I'm kind of debating between a Warlock and a Hunter. I'm kind of leaning more to Hunter because my other friends are doing either Titan or Warlock. Um, right now, it seems like the Warlock is probably one of the better classes and of course there's only two classes and then subclasses but mm-hmm. the warlock is probably a better tank than the titan <laughs> and then oh, the warlock okay. also is very helpful for the uh, end game raid so hmm. Hmm. and how about hunter i mean i, I don't know how much i haven't played hunter too much but yeah. it definitely seems fun um 
yeah, I can't really say too much about okay. it at this point. Right. Okay, this might be a dumb question, but like when you when you make a character and you choose a class, are you like stuck to that class forever? Or? Stuck to that class, but yeah. each class has three subclasses you oh, can eventually okay. um, go through. I must have missed that. I guess I'll talk about the raids since that's a, that's the big thing everyone's talking about right now. Sorry, yeah, uh, training the background. Man, what's with the background noise? Good lord, guys. Yeah, it's like you're one to talk. Taka, 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 taka. Get it together. Um, but anyways, the raid. I'm not going to spoil the um, intricacies of it, Please, but yeah. the big thing about it is, okay, I haven't played the raids in a previous game because I haven't played the previous game. But yeah. from everyone I'm talking to, this game, this game's raid is probably the most mechanics, quote unquote, heavy, out of all of the other raids that have been in the game so far. Basically, that means it's less a focus on, okay, doing DPS or um, taking out all these enemies, but there's more specific, like, almost puzzles you need to do in each section of the raid in order to progress. Mm -hmm. And what's really... how many players? Sorry. Okay. Six. And mics are absolutely necessary, especially for the final boss part. Like, I'm not going to spoil the exact of it, but... You need to have at least three people that know when to call out specific things so that the other three people can do something. And if one person either doesn't call it out or calls out too late, then it's basically an instant team wipe. It, it, there's, there's already been like world first and like people have actually completed this raid though yes. already. Yeah. Okay. All Within right. five and a half hours. Wow. But That's actually... It's definitely a very hard raid. I've been hearing this from a lot of people. I mean, it's something you can learn, but. The one thing I'm getting the impression is that a lot of previous Destiny raids, while they were difficult and there were possibilities to team wipe, this one's a lot more unforgiving. Mm. And especially the final boss part, if you mess one thing up, team wipe. Yeah, I, I hear that like just Destiny raids in general, they're very, very much like, like raiding in MMOs. Like they, yeah. It's very environmental heavy. You need to know like boss patterns. And how to move against them, or else it's just if you have like one weak link on the team, it's just it's yeah. gonna get very very hard. Now my review's not up yet. It should be up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe tomorrow. I don't know if we put up reviews on Sunday. If we don't, then definitely Monday. It'll probably, I'd go, say. It'll probably go up tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, it'll probably go up tomorrow. Then I just mm-hmm. need to put pictures in and whatnot. Um, I definitely said that a lot of people do compare Destiny to an MMO, and there's a bit of an argument about whether or not it should classify as one, and the thing I came to is it doesn't really matter if it's an MMO or not. It very much has a similar feel to it. And people that play MMOs are probably, if they're also fans of FPSs, are going to like that raid because it's very similar to something you do in, like, old-school World of Warcraft or whatnot. Mm so have you how many hours of soccer have you played in it i haven't played too much soccer i the physics are real are really weird <laughs> in the yeah. fact that if you just tap the ball it instantly just goes really like flying it's you can't really have any major control about it so i was like you know what it's an it's a neat distraction for like i'm, I'm sure they'll minutes. patch in like uh tighter soccer controls in it yeah they need to go up against the Zuma 11 and Yes, of course. I mean, Rocket League needs so you know some competition. some competition. Yeah. FIFA's got competition with Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so fun. But yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. I mm-hmm. definitely say that the raid is kind of on that cusp of I'm not sure if I love it or hate it with with the team wipes. Kind of makes or breaks the game, right? Like that's what people come to the game for—the raids mostly. Yeah, I mean, I like. Back. 
I love the fact that you do need to have like communication and that makes the raid very engaging, but it also makes it a little bit frustrating because even if you know what you're doing and even if the team knows what they're doing, if you make one little mistake, it's a wipe and it's like you basically need to be flawless the entire run through. And also, how long is the raid, you said? A couple hours? <sighs> the world first like... was five and a half hours, yeah. but even if you know what you're doing, it's probably going to take you at least two or three hours. Whew. Yeah. One last, one last question I want to ask, though. Has anyone found another like loot cave of sorts in Destiny 2 yet? Because I think it may be back in the beta there was something that someone found, but like, has there ever been anything like that so far that you know I of? don't think it's really necessary because um, the thing I've heard about um, Destiny 2 compared to the first one is that loot drops are a lot more lenient, I'd say. I'm seeing a lot, a lot more exotics, more yeah. You see a lot more exotics. You get mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. loot. The whole thing is, if you really want to push your character up, like... You do your milestones, and that'll give you a good amount of um, power for that week. What are milestones? Basically, each week you have something that um, you have mile these things called milestones, where it says, "Okay, complete the nightfall um, strike this week. Complete okay. the raid this week. Complete a certain number of uh, games in the Crucible, which is PvP." Um, com- um, there's also something called Flashpoint, which is basically do public events on this one area. And if you complete each of those um, milestones, you'll get a powerful engram, which is basically a little crate that opens up and you'll find loot in there. And power, powerful engrams are guaranteed to be higher than your current power level. Oh, so okay. that you're definitely getting stronger equipment. So the, like, it would be best to like, kind of save those up to, like, you get to like, level cap and then uh, open them? Um, that's what people have been doing to kind of grind out characters really quickly. But honestly, if even if you're just playing naturally, I feel like you're going to get a decent clip of progress. So that's only if you're really trying to get a character up to speed or something. I mean, those guides were good for the first week for people trying to get raid ready, I'd say. But just play it naturally. <laughs> Whatever feels right to you. All right. Okay. I, I'm excited. I'm very excited to like get into it. It does sound uh, kind of MMO-ish, just the way we're talking about it. It's a, <laughs> yeah. If, if there's anything from the beta, I had a lot of fun with it. And something I missed out on as a huge fan of Halo. I mean, Bungie obviously knows how to create a very tightly controlled, very uh, mechanics-friendly game. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's something that I, I've been really wanting to try. But there's... Believe it or not, there's a lot of games coming out lately. No, man, I'm believe. Oh, God, this month <laughs> alone is just crazy with how many games coming out. Yeah, not a week goes by where we're not talking about, you know, the games that are coming out. Um, and it's in September has been obviously the big month for RPG site, especially uh, every, one, every single one of us, I think, has got something either on the docket or something coming up really soon. So uh, it's kind of exciting. Um, but Destiny 2 is one of those games that feels like, you know, it's, got, it's hopefully got a long shelf life considering... Um, Destiny 1 didn't seem to hit all those uh, points that uh, Activision wanted as far as, you know, the length of the game and uh, how many people are going to be sticking around. Taking Keen, of course, helped, out, helped them. But uh, hopefully Destiny 2, they got some big plans as far as future content, so, yeah, especially with raids. sticking around, I get the, the impression that a lot of the people that bought Destiny 2 on launch are the types of people that were still playing Destiny at the end of its life cycle. Well, I heard, because like... if you look at the trophies for uh, Destiny 2, and I know trophies aren't a perfect measure of everything, the um, the number of people that have completed the Nightfall Strike that own the game are about 30%, and that's basically end game content. So 30% of people have gotten to the end game, and then, like, 
something like 75% of people that own the game on PS4 have gotten to the level cap, which is level 20. I think there's I, a... There's, uh, yeah, there's just a couple things I want to point out. One is mm-hmm. that I heard that there was about a million concurrent players on Destiny 2. Million. Yeah, yeah, a 1.3. Uh, but also, it's not out on PC yet, and I assume a lot of players decided to just hold off and wait for the PC version um, and t- just try that That's one me. instead. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like Josh. So I assume that when that comes around, there'll be a lot that the achievements there, will have there's a also picture. a lot of double dippers as well because i yeah. have a number of friends that like you know are playing the console version it's like oh yeah i'm gonna go pick up the pc version once that's yeah, not know, cross-platform and, and, yeah it's not cross-platform but they're, they're ready to go like through like a better version of that game and like it's like yeah if you need any help like you know we can run through it together i'm like yeah awesome that'd be great kind of hope you like know, by uh, now like all games would be cross-platform and but but sony still refuses to allow that to happen i guess so not yeah. really related to destiny 2 but had uh, happy guy has been reading up about the thing that happened with Fortnite a few days ago, or no, that's been going I, on. I read about the battle royale mode, but that's the last thing I heard. Well, I read battle royale it. mode. Um, people are figuring out that um, recently there was accidental cross-platform play between PS4 and Xbox <laughs> on, the battle, on the on the battle royale mode. Huh. Yeah, that's people cool. People have been looking into it on Neil Gaff, like they thought. Oh, at first maybe it's just somebody playing on PC because the person that posted about it was on PS4. But uh, people looked up that username on the uh, Epic Games clients, and they couldn't find them. But they looked it up on Xbox Live, and that Xbox Live account did have that uh, did have uh, Fortnite, and actually had achieved had unlocked an achievement like just the other day. So an achievement through another system. (laughs) Did they did they turn that off, or is it still ongoing? Uh, It's still ongoing. It's very very. it was probably just yesterday that the information came out. Epic hasn't said anything, obviously. Tony <laughs> hasn't said anything, but it's very interesting to hear about that. That it it's so easy for for cross platform to be a thing that it can happen accidentally. It's ridiculous. I can't believe that. Yeah. So, is there <laughs> anything else that you've been playing besides Destiny Two, though, and Monster Hunter Stories? Monster Stories. Yeah. Um, I'll be very brief on that because I'm obviously there's going to be a review for that too, but. Um, very simple RPG mechanics and the fact that the meat of the gameplay is kind of rock, paper, scissors. You have speed attacks, power attacks, and technical attacks, and that's the basic gist of it. You do have hunter skills, which you can which kind of buff or do special damage or whatnot to enemies, and monsters can have their own special skills that they might either randomly use or you can use some rider points or whatever it's called to, uh, kinship points to, uh, tell your monster to specifically do this attack and then once you uh each um successful attack where let's say the opponent uses a power attack and you use a uh, speed attack which is the one that is uh effective against power attack there's a turn-based rpg one right this doesn't play like a regular monster okay all right um you get kinship points and if you max it out then you can ride on top of your monster and you basically can do extra damage and then each time you successfully uh, choose the right attack to uh, counter the monster's attack you'll get extra points for your ultimate kinship attack so it's very simple i'd say that the majority of the depth comes from the right of channeling which basically means each monster has genes and you can kind of channel one monster's genes to another. So, for example, you have a Rathalos that can breathe fireballs and whatnot, and you have a... So, uh, are you Darwin in this game? What? Are, are you oh, just controlling evolutions? 
Not really. They're, it's not like Pokemon <laughs> where you're evolving these monsters. Okay. What you're doing is, is Way that over my head. you're literally just taking the pa- the power from one monster and transferring it over to another. And the way the game like kind of introduces this is you have a Yonkutku, which can breathe fireballs, and then you channel that power into a Gombi, which is this kind of like rabbit snow thing. And this snow rabbit suddenly can breathe fire. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it, it's transferring the latent abilities of that monster. Yes. That's pretty and cool. That's kind of like what they do in like Shimagami Tensei or something like that. That's and awesome. there's also yeah. a little bit of a foil to that where um, depending on how many gene slots that uh, monster has, gene slots. you can, you can um, create kind of, there's almost like a bit of tic-tac-toe where if you fill in like a line of a same attribute ability, it makes that ability that the monster has inherited that much stronger. But it, it can never be like you can never like Gene Slot say, "Hey, I can make this monster have like four arms now." No, no, no. It doesn't change okay. how they look. Oh. It just changes what they can actually do in battle. Okay. All right. So I, I heard a lot of like uh, parallels for this to Pokemon. Would you say that's accurate? Well, I'd say that it's about as accurate. I feel like I'm getting a lot more um, of a yokai watch vibe from this because it okay. doesn't really have any of that mechanical depth that. Uh, Pokemon has like you can't you do have the genes and that can make some battles easier but the root of the gameplay is still that rock paper scissors the most engrossing part about the game I'd say is just finding the monster eggs and building up your monsters to have different genes and stuff like that I feel like the combat system works but it's not really amazing uh, how long? How long would you say like each like battle encounter lasts? Like I'm getting like a hard, like a hard time like kind of thinking of like the flow of battle. Is it just like a, like quick and easy or it's like rock paper scissors, right? So I assume it's just as simple as any other RPG, right? Yeah, it's not that okay. long, and you can also um, speed up the battle up to three times. Okay, cool. Oh, that's a good yeah, feature. We, go. we talk. We always yeah. talk about turbo mode. And that's that's awesome. That's good. To hear <laughs> yeah, that. basically exactly how it worked in a uh, bravely default, where you could have it go like regular speed super speed, weird super people speed. who like um, uh, play and review a lot of rpgs really really oh, like turbo mode <laughs> we've talked about turbo mode a couple of times and how every game should have turbo mode yes. at least turn-based games i'm very happy about that <laughs> i mean yeah and we'll talk a little bit about actually another game that's going to be coming out later uh that we hope to have it as well but that's uh, that's cool because i think that when monster Hunter stories was first announced i was kind of excited because as someone at least back then i wasn't too into the whole idea of monster hunter i, I couldn't get into it i couldn't crack through it but uh seeing it as a typical not typical but as a turn-based rpg uh obviously that seems like it'd be more accessible to people of our uh group you know who are yeah. huge fans of sort of that classic style as well um but, you know, even if it sounds like it's simple, it does seem like it has a plenty of depth to it, like complex yeah. systems as far as, you know, transferring genes and all that, as you mentioned. And so uh, just to kind of put a cap on it, do you think that this is a game that you'd recommend to RPG fans? Uh, because it's Monster Hunter is kind of um, kind of like a tangential title a little bit. It's not quite I'm not an RPG, sure but... if I'd recommend it whole, hmm. wholesale just because if you're a huge fan of stories in RPGs, Monster Hunter stories... Um, very trope filled like it's mm-hmm. very predictable okay very very predictable um i'd say if for a kid though i mean this is a good starter rpg it's not too simple but it's got enough depth there and i feel like it was what capcom was going for is they knew that they had a monopoly and everyone plays monster Hunter in japan 
So they wanted to make something to kind of ease younger kids into it that maybe were liking Yokai Watch. So they made Monster Hunter Stories to kind of bridge the gap for that audience, I feel like. It seems yeah, like, it, like it, sorry, it just feel like that. I mean, it was pretty apparent that like this was a, a game meant for be meant for, you know, like children, like kind of like Pokemon. And I mean, the argument is, is that it should be accessible and playable and good for anyone and not just children. But it seems like that was like their target audience when they were, you know, yeah. decided to make this spinoff. Yeah, when they when they announced it, it made me reminded me a lot of like Dragon Quest Monsters or what a Final Fantasy, like those kind of games. Like that was clearly meant, yeah. as you said, towards a, a younger market. But I mean, I I still would love to give it a try at some point, just because it does have a cool style. Like I I want to watch the anime that they put out for that. <laughs> uh, so um, as as far as it's concerned, though, at least you think it's at least you know a good game it's not it's not a bad game in any respect oh yeah it's a decent game i'm i won't well i won't give it a score yet because i'm not done with it and whatnot but but i got a one like a final question about it uh is it a good way to like use it as some sort of like beginner primer to like, say i haven't touched monster Hunter in years or um. or they're like a, a or haven't like played Monster Hunter at all? Can I use this as like a way to like familiarize myself with, like the terms and monsters of the Monster Hunter universe? Can I use this as like, yes. oh, okay, um, that's I'd like a cuckoo, that, uh, that's a Rathalos, that's a, yeah, that's that's really. I think that's a good. That's definitely something that the game does well. Uh, one thing about the battle system is even if it, the meat of it is the uh, rock paper scissors, it does have things like if you do enough damage to the monster, they're going to fall over, and they'll drop an item. And also, if um, certain monsters, there will be two sep- like separate spots you can attack it from. If you attack it on one spot enough, it'll drop an item and will become weaker. So, mm-hmm. it, and also, your character has three lives. They can, mm-hmm. like, either your character or monster can die up to three times before you get a game over. And so, it's very much taking a lot of the ideas that are in the mainline Monster Hunter games are kind of bringing it over to stories as these turn-based mechanics, slightly changing things up, but keeping it enough the same that if somebody hasn't played Monster Hunter before, going from stories to regular Monster Hunter, they'll have a base idea for, oh, this makes sense, without really having to do anything. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of how uh, the Dissidia mobile game, Opera Omnia, like kind of does its whole bravery HP attack system. Like it's it's action-based in the mainline series, but in uh, in that mobile game, it does it from a turn-based RPG perspective, but it translates those mechanics well into that. that's, That's really cool, like how certain like, series with like very defining characteristics can like kind of shift their mechanics the way for it uh to make a turn-based rpg work around them cool all right so uh, as just mentioned james of course will have a review for monsanto stories coming up here in destiny 2 uh will likely go up tomorrow um so as of this recording september 17th is when it should go up all right so josh now i Hi. know uh hello I, I know you've been preparing yourself, of course, for CEO Taco. That's this next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's next weekend when Tokyo Game Show is going on. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be spending my birthday on a, like a lone uh, overnight flight 
from uh from one end of the country to the other oh boy yeah yeah uh, to, to be really good <laughs> i'm sure you'll celebrate once you get there uh i assume you're oh, gonna yeah. be meeting with some friends over there yeah yeah the yeah. whole bunch of us are gonna be going you have like three suites like all Jesus booked out Christ, oh my God, that's See, it's me it's gonna be good <laughs> it's gonna be good because it's a 24 7 venue so um i better get my oh. sleep into the flight i guess Reminds me of now we used to go to conventions and I used to just sleep around in like the the video rooms. <laughs> That's all I did. Yeah. I didn't even go back to my hotel room half the time. Uh, yeah, it's because I'm gonna be uh, like landing in Orlando um, very very early on Friday. So uh, hopefully my friend will be like up or because I know he's heading over to Orlando on Thursday. He's uh, from around there, um, and so I have to I have to like kind of bug him like, all right, I don't want to like sit here for like th- five hours. No, that's yeah. That's the that's the only downside, of course, of being around other people at an event. It's like you got to wait for other people to want to participate yeah. in anything you want to do, like go out for dinner. Um, that's why I go alone. I don't have to deal with that. Um, no, but it's, just it's me, cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just briefly though, Sierra Taco. That's the fighting game event, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be participating with one of my friends at Gundam Versus. You know, we're not like super try hard, like competitive to win it all, but it's, it's just be. nice. <laughs> You're yeah. gonna go there. But I, I mean, we've been practicing, you know, uh, here and there. We have, we have uh, uh, several teams that we're working on uh, in terms of like what characters we're using. But it's gonna be a lot of fun. So it's more for the community, kind of meeting up with a lot of people there, and it's gonna be uh, the weekend before. Gundam versus actually releases here in the uh, U.S. and Europe. That's so right. They be... put out that beta recently. Yeah, and that, that seemed to get like a lot of good feedback. I'm glad you know that there's a lot of interest around it. You know, yeah. so it's a very good, different thing. Good on Ben and Amco. They've been really pushing it as far as like releasing games either in English and Asia. I mean, I'm speaking Ben and Amco overall, of course, not yeah. just uh, our territories, but like they're putting out games in in English and Asia, but also uh, bringing over those really super niche titles that we thought would never exist in in the West, uh, like. Gundam versus, so the fact that that's happening. So of course we're here. We're here a full report about how you did in a couple of weeks. It's we're gonna be grand champions, oh, best yeah. in the world. That's that's my pot with the rest of the, t- the site. We actually have that new contract. I'm sorry. So Uh-oh. whatever you earn, it's gonna get to split it. Sorry. But yeah. Um, so if I mean, if you're if you guys any of you guys uh going to see Otaku, any listeners, definitely hit me up on Twitter. Um, and also I also gonna have the rpg site uh, tagging my name repping the site oh no so maybe oh, okay. no, i don't know to to, gotta spread the brand i guess that is that, 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 that that's out. what the, that's what millennials do these days right yeah spread on the social uh, media there we go absolutely yeah. so uh in the meantime though uh you've been playing some absolver now that game um has been looking better and better the more they show it off like uh at first it was kind of like you know what's this weird indie game with the over-the-shoulder martial arts but like the more that they've shown content for that game it's been more and more impressive and they did release of course it uh, um what what test did it go into a test is that what happened with it it's it, it's it actually like got a like an official release oh okay uh, yeah so it's that. actually out out I thought it was early access or something like that okay uh, it's like in my opinion i feel like it should have gotten like released under an early access though because oh. they're still adding a lot of content in it but okay. uh, absolver is the uh, like it's pitched as an RPG, but it's like it has RPG elements to it, but yes. it's more of like a pure like fighting game, like, like a third person fighting game. It's not Jade so Empire, it... right? <laughs> no, no, before, it's okay. not. Yeah. But it, it it comes close at times. Uh, basically, the, this story uh, the story is very, very, very light. Like the overall synopsis is you're this individual that's selected from this temple. You're you become a prospect. They see something in you. 
and your mission is to defeat these marked ones uh, placed over the this island map. And uh, after you defeat those, you open this door, you go up to this tower, and you defeat this final person to become an absolver. And that's the story in a nutshell. Like as vague as that sounds, that's exactly how they present it to you. And that that single player portion of it can be done in about like three and a half to four hours. It's it's very short. But the the meat of it comes from its combat system. It's uh, very much like a create your own fighting style uh, type game, create your own moveset. Uh, when you create a character, you have these basic character creation options, and then you can go fall under one, one of these three styles at first. You have this uh, windfall style, which is what I'm using, which lets you like dodge in four directions uh, when you're up against someone. You have this other style that's kind of like the Street Fighter IV's uh, focus attack, where like as you're attacking, you glow uh, blue, so you like can absorb an attack as you're attacking. Um, and of course, like after you absorb it, you have to like your HP ref- refill over time. But if they hit you, all that HP that you could have refilled is lost, much like focus attack. And then you have this other style that uh, you do an actual like parry. And uh, if you do a successful parry, it'll give you enough time to immediately punish them. Uh, so that's a bit more like advanced. Uh, and then you can learn those styles uh, throughout the game as well. After you pick your own, it just takes a, a, a bit like a long while to do it because mm-hmm. the way you um, learn moves in this game uh, after you pick a style is you basically have to go up against that person or like the NPC or another person and they'll use that move if you block it it'll refill it if you use like your defensive ability which is like the dodge or the absorb uh, you'll like fill this like circular like experience meter for that and once that fills uh, you'll learn that move so it's a lot of like it's kind of reinforcing the fact that you learn by observing how you how you block and dodge things. Uh, only by mastering how you see it will you learn it type of deal. That's kind of the philosophy of this game. That's how it all revolves around. Like Yakuza. Because, yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and, and was that? Oh, I thought the someone was talking. Nope. But uh, so the, it's, it's weird in a sense because like you have these stats that you invest your points in anytime that you level up, you have, you know, obviously your vitality, your stamina meter, um, and also, uh, like your dexterity or strength, depending on like what your, uh, combat style is. Obviously dexterity is more like fast strikes and strength is more like meaty, powerful strikes, but they take slower to, to come out. And so you're kind of debating on like, okay, do I want to? It's all up to you. There's no right answer, of course. But what what kind of defensive ability would I like to complement what kind of fighting style I've, I'm going for? So for me, like you know, I have those dodges. So I'm very much focused on like very quick attacks. But I like kicks. So a lot of my move set is kind of like overhead swings uh, with my kick. Uh, I like sweeping. So and all all my moves are very movement uh, based. So whenever I do a move, sometimes it'll like make me jump up. Or sometimes it'll make me move, make me move to the side before it comes out. So I'm very, I'm very, you know, versatile in, in that. But the, as a trade-off, I don't have like a lot of armor, so I can't take too many hits. So I, I rely more on dodging than blocking. And it, it's it's a very, very, very cool battle system. Like the animations for it are great. The way they like seamlessly kind of flow into each other. Uh, not easy when you have like a very build, very, very customizable thing. It's very easy to 
you know, make those animations look very stiff or yeah. kind of weird. Um, and there's also this really neat thing with the system where every time you attack, it'll fill up this meter at the bottom where, and there's like, there's designated points where that move uh, gives you like a gold flash. So if you hit like your attack button, uh, as you're glow, glowing gold flag for that split second, you'll immediately chain into the, like, your next attack uh, much faster than you would like n- normally. So it's, it's called like a golden link. So you can very much like go into your attacks faster as long as they have a good rhythm for it. So you can like set up like blockchains or something, keep a, a pressure on the opponent or keep a combo going. So it's, and, it's a pretty fast paced system is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a very complex system because you have like all your movesets are like, through different stances yeah. and how you attack puts you into another stance. So it's a lot of, it, it seems overwhelming at first, but the more time you put into it, obviously the, the more you'll get used to it. The, it's, it's very, very weird, but very rewarding when you, play it and i guess my beef of the game is that there's just not like enough content to like keep you going because after like you're done with the the campaign or what i did was i kind of did these combat trials and they're like very much 1v1 best of like three or, or first to three uh matches and you'll be doing a lot of that to, you know to level up after because you won't like hit cap or anything and you need to be like at a high enough level if you want to see like other parts of the game like starting up your own school to like get disciples in and use like your combat decks or like uh, doing adva- advanced versions of like the more like boss type encounters but you need to be comfortable with that you have to do a lot of pvp in this game to like progress because there's not enough content in that single player portion uh, uh to really yeah. keep you going you know like uh, for me I, I really really like the combat trials. i like the 1v1 because i get to like kind of test my abilities against like what other people have been doing but it's it's not going to be like, you know, their traditional RPG experience. It's very, like I said, it has RPG elements, but it's not PvE focused like most RPGs. A lot of it comes down from like constant battling and like everything revolves around that combat system, whether you like it. And if you don't, then this game is totally going to fall apart. I got like some weird like four honor vibes from it because that's mm-hmm. the kind of the same thing I felt like uh, I, I can kind of understand because it's very much like every encounter is incredibly important. It's And so like every time you have to run up against an enemy, you've got to like do this like 1v1 or, you know, 1v whatever the number yeah, happens to be. And mm-hmm. uh, that the multiplayer is what the, the biggest focus is, even yeah. if it does have a, have a story. I mean, they they plan to do some more like uh, little PvE like additions to it, but it's not in there right now. And who knows what the timetable is for that? Because I know they have like RAM plans, like they want to like make like these dungeons and raids, like you can, because you can do multiplayer with uh the people with people in that game. Like I did some multiplayer with uh two two of my other friends uh in it and we kind of like forged an alliance and whatnot but it, it's weird and finicky because there's still friendly fire and when you co-op with someone so you, especially with me like i have a lot of like, sweeps so i can sometimes accidentally hit them and uh, make them hostile so we have to like oh okay back out of this party re-invite them again and it's kind of finicky about that so i mean there is still some, some co-op elements in it and they plan to do that raid stuff but i don't think it's gonna be enough for like to really add to the PvE of that game. I know their immediate next updates, they want to do like a 3v3 mode, which might be really cool to like dabble with. Well, that'd be cool, but, like your solid team. Yeah, if you yeah, friends, yeah. Some friends. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a really, really neat game, but it's, once again, it's not like for traditional RPG fans. No. But it's definitely worth a look if you're interested like in that combat. And like if, say, if it goes on sale for at a cheap price, it's, it's definitely... It, it's one of the more interesting games of this year. It just doesn't have the enough content to really give it legs at the moment. And I hope like it doesn't like die on the way there. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. It's 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 
it was, it's been launched right before, of course, this big onslaught of games. So hopefully, it won't get yeah. Uh, that, that's why I said. That's why I said. Like I was kind of. It was weird that it didn't launch it on an early access date because clearly this game is like not done. There's still there's still very much working on this. It's very much like a games as a service type thing. But I just I just feel like you're you're bringing the wrong message if you're like launching this game at like as a quote unquote official launch. You know, it, I feel like this is way more of an early access game at the moment. That's the craziest thing I've always thought about. Like, it's something I, I really want to ask a developer sometime mm-hmm. who's been through the early access process because How what, what would be, like, the big difference on that? Because obviously on st- early access, you could give the excuse that the game is perpetually in development. And so you mm-hmm. can say, like, you know, of course it's not quite where it's at. It's an early access. But well, how much did it cost released, like, so. to buy it now? I think it's $20. Let me go I, check real fast. I think but. it's 30 yeah, I think it's thirty. Oh, is it mistaken. really thirty? Like yeah. Higher than I also, thought it I feel like the reason why it's not labeled early access yeah, is so they could release it on PS4 at the same time. But That's Fortnite, true. but Fortnite is an early access, and when you boot it up on PS4, it tells you it's an early access game. So there's a weird loophole that Epic found for Fortnite. That's, That's right, because they were saying like PS4 doesn't have an early access program. Uh, like what was it like at a game that was put on? Was it? Uh, Play Unknown Battlegrounds, I think, or something like that. That like mm-hmm. they didn't put it on PS4 just yet because it doesn't have an early access program yeah, until Microsoft approached them. Yep. Yeah, I think that. I think if I'm not mistaken, that's why they went with X- Xbox instead of Sony. That's, that, that's why. That's, that's why the Fortnite on PS4 thing is such a weird mystery <laughs> yeah. to everyone because like, well, this claim is clearly not done, and like it, the, like the weird thing about it is like on the PS4 like box of Fortnite. It doesn't really tell you that it's an early access game. Not until you like put in that disc or download it and boot up that game. It's like, okay, this is an early access product. Oh, like, oh, I think if I'm not mistaken, people were kind of bothered by that illusion it gave. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel so, like um, it was the same thing with Paragon. And as someone who did play yeah. Paragon with my friends right. for a decent amount of time, I feel like it's a similar situation where it's technically not called early access. They're calling it a beta. Yeah. They really need to like... I don't know if it has to be the developers or Sony. Someone has to like step up and be like, okay, we need to be way more transparent about like early access games on PS4 because there's like these few products that like can get away with it. And it's like, and Sony's put their foot down, and say, okay, we don't have this program, or we do, and we need to like standardize it, like give it like a a, a name and regulations. So at this point, yeah. they just need to give it a program because too many games have gone yeah. through the cracks. I I, I totally agree. Yeah, sometime I assume we'll hear like an announcement regarding that maybe at um, either TGS or PSX. Yeah, so because mm-hmm. uh, that I mean PSX seems like the the obvious one just because that that's clearly like the Sony centric uh, event and that would be very important to announce a bunch of games and ju- uh, that's coming into early access on their console and that's of course to be competitive as well, especially yeah. with Microsoft launching a new console this this November. So. Uh, they need to find ways to sort of compete against it. We'll find out later why they, Sony needs to really compete at this point because Nintendo's killing it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Absolver, and you did mention you've got other games that you're currently working on, still working yep. on Tokyo Dark, of course. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, yeah, I'll have an Absolver review up sometime. I, I mean, I'm going to try to get that and Tokyo Dark out before I fly out to Orlando. Well, best of luck on that. I mean, it sounds like you've gotten pretty much all your thoughts collected mm-hmm. about that stuff. Yeah. It just needs to be put on paper now. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is sort of a holdover from last week, but I did, as I'm, as you probably saw, I completed Utsura Romano, A Mask of Truth. Now, I made the grand mistake of assuming I was close to the end of the game, which the game <laughs> sort of 
uh, betrayed me in a sense that I thought I was, but it wasn't because it does that, it does that thing where it's like you think it's over, but there's another it's Lord of the Rings. It's it's oh yeah, actually that's a really <laughs> good comparison because that's kind of what it felt like. So what happened was that um, so I played it uh the rest of Saturday after the podcast on Sunday, and then um I think it was it, I'm kind of blanking because I stayed up way too late. It might have been Sunday night or Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed up until uh two thirty. Uh, beating oh, the yeah. game, and I had to be oh, up shit. by five o'clock to get ready to go to work. So I only had about two and a half hours of sleep. Uh, Oddly enough, I must have woken up on my cycle, like on the right cycle, because I was fully awake at that point, and I was ready oh, to go. <laughs> I was like, okay, why do I have more energy than I do when I have six or seven hours of sleep? It's it's congrats, you did, you found the sweet spot. Yeah, no, I totally you did because the next, the next night years. I had a long sleep, and yeah. it totally messed yeah. me up. Um, but it, it it does that thing where it's like you know it gives you the foot first credits, has a scene does another set of credits that has a bunch of extra scenes after that. I was so thrown off by like all these post credit stuff. And then it does have um, what Mask of Deception had, which is uh, the Dream Arena. So what happens is that once you've cleared the game and all that, you know, saved the, the clear file, if you load up that save, it unlocks post-game battles. Uh, like in the in Deception, you had about 16 extra battles that you could do. I don't know how many are in Mask of Truth because I didn't get through them all before I did my review. I just assumed, okay, this will just be, you know, the same thing. You know, battles that you can keep replaying over and over. It's Mostly it's just an excuse for the people that are localizing it or whoever wrote it originally just to have a lot of fun and write a bunch of dumb jokes. It's a lot of like weird, <laughs> uh, stupid humor about, you know, castration and uh, you know, probes. It's, it's all this wow. kind of thing. It's really, right. it's off, okay, it goes off the I deep expected. end. Yeah. It goes off the deep end. A lot of like really dumb jokes uh that are hilarious it, but there's no voices or anything like that it's just straight up text which is kind of funny um but i will mention and this is what i also talked about in my review that the game uh at a certain point goes uh to the uh, nth degree as far as emotional uh uh, impact on the player because the way that they treat the characters throughout that entire game throughout the series really uh is very important for you to develop a connection with them so uh the first game was about 50 some hours that's how long it took me to beat the game and do the dream arena battle so that kind of gives you an idea uh mask of truth was about 70 hours and that's with me uh not doing a lot of the i mean i did the um the uh the munichika's bat uh munichika's tasks which are like the tutorial uh part of the game that's very cool it's very useful because what it does is i talked about last week but it uh every new task is unlocked when you level up and unlock a new ability with that character because every time you level up it either enhances the strength of a certain uh skill that you have or it unlocks a whole new one so uh, anytime it unlocked a new one, it said, "All right, now you can learn Haku's uh, special. Who's the main character, the male protagonist? Uh, how to do this particular part of his combo that's been added onto the end of the skill that you have." So it's it's very rudimentary in that it's very uh, well well done, and that you are never confused about what this new thing you have does because it just teaches you. It puts it does it very practically, so you're actually put down into a scenario where you have to use it in order to proceed. So uh, it's very cool in that respect. And so I did all that. And like I said, it took me about 70 hours to beat it. Um, the night I had to wake up, uh, the night I fell asleep at 2.30 was about, I, I had to put like eight hours before I beat it. So that kind of gives an idea how long I was staring at a screen, like 
two or three feet away from the TV just trying to play it. So my eyes were super tired by the end of it. Um, but what I was talking about as far as the emotional connection that you develop with the characters is that the way the, 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 way the story turns at a point, um, I'll admit I was a mess. It, it was very, <laughs> it was such a, a powerful moment that they made in that game that uh, just to hear it. And it helps that the voice acting in this game is supremely excellent like excellent it's it's insane how good a lot of the performances are in that game there's like i can't think of one bad performance in any of them and so especially because the stuff that happens to these characters as far as um the way their lives change and how some characters die or how some characters uh get uh you know their backstories are so powerful and the way that they change over the course of the entire arc you know of, of mask of deception or mask of truth the things that happen to these characters and how they start to develop like either relationships or uh, emotions that they didn't have before or all these things like this innocence that gets completely destroyed it's insane uh and so when uh certain moments in the game towards the end of it what when those events happen you can't help but feel really bad for what's what they're going through or really happy for them too so uh because that happened i was yeah I, I, more, uh, maybe two or three times I was a wreck <laughs> and I, that, that hardly ever happens. Uh, I, I mean, the last th- time that happened was maybe last guardian. And then before that was, oh my gosh, like quite a long time before that outside of like anime or anything like that, or a TV show, it's been maybe like, you know, Chrono Cross or something like that. It's, it's very, it rarely happens where that kind of stuff happens to me. And I'll say that Masca, uh, both those games, Uturo Amano, Masca Deception, Masca Truth are extremely good uh as far as the visual novel stuff the reason i didn't give them like perfect scores or whatever is just because the gameplay was kind of lacking um but i changed my whole view of mask of truth after beating mask of deception i talked about last week that i did not beat deception before i reviewed it and i even admitted as much in my true mask of truth review but when i actually got to it i was um Really happy that I did beat Deception, and then when I got to Truth and played through it, I had a whole new, uh, you know, appreciation for what the game was doing. And so I think that if you're a visual novel fan, uh, it's a no-brainer. This is easily the one of the best visual novels that that's that have been out in years. I think uh, as someone who likes to play visual novels, I think it's one of the strongest that have been maybe ever. And I I, I say that with uh, knowing that it's not just a visual novel as well. It's got some really cool combat mechanics and towards the end of the game like maybe the second half a lot more battles so even if you're not huge on visual novels it's just the storytelling itself that's the strongest aspect of the game and the combat gets so fluid and dynamic and complex and and just downright entertaining that it's you can find stuff to appreciate there as well and so now uh how is oh sorry how is the um like I'm not exp- asking you to compare it to the Japanese script, obviously, but like, how's the localization? Because uh, yeah, I talked about it last week. It's really good. Like I only, if you want to talk about it in terms of like, say, typos, because you know, Kyle's experience. I mean, like, just like typos. you know, like sentence, you know, sentence structure, weird. You know, does it does it flow well in English? Yes. You know what is presented. I'm not like asking you to compare like what it says in Japanese. You know, that's a little bit too much. But no, I, I like, wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I guess what I'm getting at is like. Recent Atlas games I've played, and Atlas has historically, Atlas USA has has historically been pretty darn good with their localizations. Yes. And then Persona 5 was just kind of this weird moment where they dropped the ball on one of their biggest titles. So, you know, it's just one of those things you're just curious about now, like, how's the localization here? I think, um, yeah, I think so. that it helps that, yeah, Persona 5, if I'm not mistaken, had like five different editors. And so that didn't really help that there was too many, like, 
chefs in the kitchen kind of problem, cooks in the kitchen. Chefs in the kitchen, and they didn't have much time to prepare. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Utoro Romano, I think that it was a small team uh, as far as the localization team, but I think that it's easily, uh, uh, as far as my experience with uh, Atlas, I'm on their best. And I say that because it does that thing where, of course, every character's personality comes through with just the text alone. Like I said, even in the uh, Dream Arena, when they're doing the stupid, like, they, they kind of go off the deep end as far as the, the character's personalities, like, kind of, they go overboard with that stuff. You can st- you still get a sense of the characters themselves. Like, well, they were like, wow, this person's really talking like this. Like, I would not imagine. Um and and their uh, and and the way that some of their weird quirks uh, shine through, and that's just from reading it. Like like I said, I would not be uh, I would not be an a mess. As I said, I would not be a mess uh, if it wasn't for the fact that the the localization and the and the script itself was so damn good. Like that's why I think that as far as the localization is concerned, it's it's definitely top-notch across the board like i did not experience any weird stiff odd moments uh, uh, from what i experienced with that as opposed to what i'm going to talk about a little bit uh, about a different game i've been playing as well but james what were you going to say yeah i've been um meaning to ask this for a while but you kept going on and, on, and i didn't want to interrupt you <laughs> did you see the first season of the utawari rumono anime or did you play the uh, fan translation for the first visual novel before you went into these games i have played the original uh and but that was about 10 years ago when i was in college and so i don't really quite remember a lot of it uh so i was going into mask of deception relatively fresh it's like right now i could not tell you about much of what happened in trolls in the sky first chapter because i okay. even if i reviewed it and i beat it i played it so like was it now it's like five years ago or something like that like i hardly remember what happened in that game so i have to play it again but uh, i do remember enjoying it quite a bit um and i did in mask of deception and truth there are callbacks references and outright you know returns Same characters of, yeah. yeah characters that actually appear in that that uh that's the only thing i was interested about yes. do you feel like people will be missing something if they no. haven't at least seen that anime i will say i mean you can watch the anime honestly i've i've not i'm gonna watch the uh the anime that's that was uh, adapted from these two games uh in, in a bit when i'm not so busy with other games to review but Just i would say no i mean they I, only adapted mask of deception not mask of truth yeah yeah that's which is a damn shame from what i've heard but um i will say i, I guess just they don't want people to play with the game anyway they don't want to like miss it out um maybe they'll put out an anime for mask of truth eventually but uh from i'll tell you at least that it's a sure like at points of my Oh, I bet I'm missing something important here. Uh, that's the kind of feeling I got at at points. Like, you know, this is amazing, but I'm sure I'll, I'll, I would be even more powerful. I actually knew uh, the significance of what I'm I'm seeing here. Uh, but they don't lean into it so much. They don't lean into it too hard. And so even if you don't uh, know 100% about what's going on, you still have an appreciation of, of like, all right, this is apparently an important moment, an important event. And this character that they're talking about uh, played a very important role in the history of this game's world, and so that's why I, it didn't it didn't really throw me off at all. It was more just like, um, man, I would have a more appreciation if I did see what what, what this is about. But um, I did not feel awkward uh, or anything like that. I did not feel, uh, you know, I did not feel like I was having an out of body moment or something like that. I wasn't. I, I didn't feel like I was. I was getting. Uh, I was lost. I was. I was still having a blast. So. 
So yeah, even would even you in still Japan. recommend people like at least watching the anime if they can you, now. I would not. I'd, I'd say you don't have to do any of that stuff. I can say you could just go straight into Mass Conception and still have a great time. Um, because that's the problem with. Uh, and I'll ask Josh, of course, so you can ask a question in a second. But mm-hmm. I will say at least that you know it's really hard to tell people like you should really play this before like you know we were talking about before about Trails in the Sky before playing Trails of Gold Steel. It's like you really should invest a hundred hours before you play. Like that's not. I don't think that that's really that's a big ask for somebody, especially when they're limited on time uh free time but um i would say you're good to go if you want to play it because there's still no official release of the original utuaro motto like james you said it's there's only an english fan translation so far which is a shame like you would hope atlas maybe will bring the actual original version to pc in the west um with like a retranslation or something like that or you know their own uh but um, I would say you can go straight to Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth and still have a great time. You don't need to watch the anime, although it'd be cool to do it. Uh, I, I haven't seen the anime of either um, adaptation, so I can't give my opinion on that. Yeah, it's not so much a question, but like even in Japan, like when they announced that Utaware Mono was getting a sequel, like it's still been a good like five or st- easily over five years since that, you know, the anime. Since the first one. Yeah. Like yeah, got a game and anime there. It's like asking people to like. If if the if the second and third one, had like leaned so much into like deep knowledge of the first one, I think it would have really, like, kind of the the amount of people who would appreciate it would go go much less if they needed like super deep knowledge. It's kind of like like a, a parallel of like Hard Captor Sakura is coming back, and that's not like asking like people, oh, go watch this like '90s anime that was like what over like 50 episodes or it's... even more way, way more than that it's impossible it's... it's because like Utero Amano the original visual novel came out back in 2002 and you yeah. know those games came out like you know like two three years ago in Japan the the Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth so uh, have, you know they, that's they a whole generation the, to go back yeah to they have to weave it into a way that's like a nod to those who it's like yeah we see we acknowledge you but they can't be like okay you're you're totally fucked if you don't you didn't play this game 10 million years ago yeah I mean like I said though is that the tears tell a story. Uh, the fact that I was able to yeah, be an emotional yeah. wreck, despite the fact yeah. that I didn't play the originals, I think tells you everything that you need to know. You it, don't need it, to. It, it's it's like a, just tying into the back of the Falcom. It's like that's what they did with Cold Steel. You know, the Cold Steel series is like a new starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like you know, I would we, say this we, does we, a better job starting off than Trails of Gold Steel because Trails of Gold Steel made it really obvious that I was missing yeah. something. Yeah. As opposed to, I mean, yeah, even, even if then. it runs, I'm, I'm don't mean to talk over you, but like For even sure. if Trails of Gold Steel runs parallel to Zero and Naokaseki. Um, it still felt like I was missing pretty something pretty mm-hmm. big uh, with yeah. Uto Armano Deception and Truth. It was more like you know you could kind of feel it, you know, that there was something you were missing, but you didn't feel like you know that there was a big deal. It was like whatever. Trails yeah. of Steel. It's like I better read these books because I feel like I'm going to miss out if I don't get to go get some research going. So, uh, um, and also of course that you knew for a fact that there was a big void there because uh, of you know Falcon mm-hmm. fans tend to be way into that uh the whole problem of the fact that not all the games have been localized as opposed to ritual mono where it's like you know kind of accepted it <laughs> it's like i'm missing a game not two games <laughs> you know it's 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 and it has a good anime adaptation so if you really wanted to see it without playing the fan translation you can just like 
watched. For a second, I thought you were talking about Trails of Cold Steel. I mean, Falcon doesn't have a great track track record of anime, but, you know, I would be so... What are you talking about? That Trails of the Sky OVA was a masterpiece. Don't forget that weird, whatever, that East uh, anime with... Oh, the Falcon Gakuen? Yeah, that was... Okay, that's actually really good. That is Bump system, bump system. Yeah, it was amazing. I I wish it was another season of that. (laughs) It's just a bunch of kids in class. Oh man, it was bad. But yeah, uh, speaking uh, of trails, Cold Steel. Well, no, I I wanted to briefly mention before we get into the news uh, oh. that I, I I've been playing another game, uh, Mary oh, okay. Skelter. Uh, oh, I right, did start sorry. that this week, and boy, that game seems like it's it's a it, they took the template from Moruo Chronicle and put it onto Mary Skelter because there's a lot of similar stuff in there that I was not happy about. Um, well, what's so, the premise of? Uh... Very so, skelter. I mean, the, the whole premise. Um, I got to pull up my notes because, man, that stuff can be sometimes hard to follow when it's just anime. Yeah, I, I remember I played a little bit of an E3 uh, with uh, uh, Idea Factory, and like they were like they were talking about a lot of stuff, and I just like <laughs> I was I didn't know like you, whether like, I should, glazed like, over. Or, like, <laughs> no, I. Guess. I I'm not going to spend much time with Mary Skelter because uh-huh. we got a lot of news to talk about. It, but I just want yeah. to briefly mention. So it's just all about you know like there's uh, this weird living jail that is absorbing all organic and inorganic light matter in the world and so uh all these these people that are captured by these weird animals that have been turned into demons called marchins uh and so the, two of these people alice and jack are kind of, kind of uh, captured and thrown into plot. the jail itself in some cells and then it's all about the fact that uh alice is this girl who's called uh a blood maiden who can uh is the of only course. one who can actually attack these marchins and and kill them and and try to help the humans escape out of this weird uh area and so they they get rescued by this surviving group of humans who are trying to escape um, it's a dungeon crawler right it's a dungeon crawler so yeah. the comparison to moira chronicle um you i mean you don't really necessarily have to play that game to understand what i'm going to talk about but uh, <laughs> you need moira chronicle to appreciate that, Mary game, that game oh, oh my god but it's weird how like it's so like there's so many similar mechanics uh that it, it kind of just bugged the crap out of me i mean it's still the same developer compile heart but it's practically right. like it was made by the same team so it's got jack who's the male protagonist who's useless uh go figure uh okay. who can't attack but he can start the i talked about this mario chronicle before so a lot of the stuff is going to sound similar to uh, okay okay so give me like i know there's a blood mechanic in the game what's the moira uh, chronicle uh parallel to like the weird blood thing happening well, it, so it's it's not the it's not related by the blood part it's the fact okay. that it's it's and i'm speaking a little more broader with the mechanics here right. so you've got the every round star, every battle starts with jack starting off either being able to uh wait whatever guard one of the characters or use an item so this is the case again where the male guy before the battle is the only person who can use an item, which and is the really spot. Likes that. <laughs> and then you get into the battles themselves, and then the character, the blood maidens, you get a group of them can fight uh, or use skills, or they can lick each other, which apparently right. causes them to like use special abilities that you can either heal each other or as one does, or boost their t- stats like uh, as a as a positive bonuses. Um, so that's one of the exact same setups for the combat that Mori Real Chronicle has, which is which is whatever. And then yeah, it's a dungeon crawler, so it's got the it's it's the typical you know Demon Gaze or Etrian Odyssey that kind of stuff where it's like you take a step at a time, uh, and around the maps themselves there are like traps or items you can collect or treasure chests or uh, um, gimmicks 
uh, like switches and stuff like that that you can do. And also it has that thing where like you can only save it at certain save spots around each level and they're not always on the same like they're not like per map. It's like it could be every other level of a tower or something like that. So there's so many weird like like exact copies uh like exact um copies of of the mechanics from that game that bug it's just different terminology yeah and and also like it kind of reminds me sorry to butt in but like demon gaze and stranger of sword city i was gonna mention operation abyss but yes well demon gaze and stranger of sword city both those games are experience and they have like the totally different art styles like about as opposite as you can get but like they like they feel like the same game under the hood and like even some yeah. of like the menu icons like are the same <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of that no totally that's that's the thing like experience i mean it's clear like if it's the same developer chances are they're just gonna use the same engine and all that and just like make some changes but at least like in those games all the characters play an important role in morio chronicle and mary skelter they've got the same like useless male protagonist that's like why is he even there for the most part at least with jack he's got some of more interesting background in that with uh, with him, it's that he's the he's the one that can stop Alice from going insane. Uh, so if she drinks too much blood, which is kind of what she needs to uh, to uh, every time she kills a march and she absorbs their blood, which gives her her powers, you know, and and you know that's that's kind of the important thing. Uh, but apparently, like if she drinks too much of it inside of that blood, there's like corruption in the blood itself. And if she drinks too much of that stuff, she goes insane and she can't be stopped. You know, she goes berserk basically. With Jack, it's that if Alice drinks his blood, apparently uh, she calms down, and so she's not completely <laughs> lost to you know her uh, psychoticness. So, yeah, it, it's 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 stupid anime shit. But uh, at least, like I said, he's got at least somewhat of a more important role to play as opposed to Murder Chronicle, where you just outright hate the fact that that dude exists. And the and you know, like I talked about before in my review for that game, it's like he spends so much time yelling in battle that you get really fucking annoyed by him in like ten minutes into the game. Um, so Mary Skelter, I think at least for what it's got going for it, it's got a cool aesthetic to it. Uh, from people who probably have seen at least some of the shots of that game, it's kind of cool in the in the way it's designed, like very dark, moody, uh, kind of like an Art Deco style to it. A lot of the parts, and it's got some really weird dungeons, like themed dungeons like the first one's a lot about clowns and like the circus that kind of stuff so it's kind of cool but um i still gotta play some more of that but i should probably have a review up on that like in the, maybe tomorrow or monday or something like that so we'll see how that goes but holy god that game but yes it's only for vita right yes um okay. which the whole thing about being able because moira chronicle came over here on pc this is a vita game and you can only save it like like i said on on certain spots which is really annoying if your battery's low uh, i'll tell you that yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck that noise uh but let's get into news because yes we've got a lot to talk about i didn't want to spend too much time on that stuff but yes speaking of neon falcon um condom, neon falcon yes neon falcon so uh there's a new issue uh it's like a whole new magazine actually that put out by dengeki that uh it's basically promoting the fact that Sendo Kaseki 3 or Trails of Cold Steel 3 will be out in a couple weeks. And so they have this special preview magazine that they put up. And in it, they sat down with uh, Falcon President uh, Kondo. And he kind of just uh, confirmed, you know, there's something that they kind of talked a little bit about doing, but they confirmed that Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 will be brought to the PlayStation 4, which I'm sure a lot of people in Japan appreciate. He kind of just nonchalantly mentions, like, oh yeah, we're preparing, you know, Cold Steel 1 and 2 for PS4. And like, kind of just like, 
light went on after that. It's like, oh, okay, Kondo. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, I'm sure the Dengeki <laughs> really pre- the, uh, were like, yes, we got something out of this <laughs> instead of just a regular typical interview. But like the fact that uh, Chelsea Cold Steel 3 is a PlayStation 4 exclusive upset a lot of fans because they wanted to be able to you know play the same game on one platform. So at least this is kind of a, a better idea, and I'm sure it's going to sell a lot of PlayStation 4s in Japan because uh, of that. Yeah, because um, it's, it's a weird thing because yeah. Cold Steel 1 and 2 is only available PS3 and Vita at the moment in yeah. Japan. Like, in, They could get the PC version, but they only have uh, like One. the Japanese script and, and English voices. That's right, yeah. And that was that's, the best way. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, but the fact that it's, yeah, and, and one only exists on PC and two eventually, but like the fact that that's happening um, is is great. I think that's awesome, and I hope that they put out like a bundle, you know. I hope that yeah. when that, because obviously Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 for PS4 won't be out until maybe next year sometime, whereas Trails of Cold Steel 3 will be out in a couple weeks, so it's not like you can like in Japan transfer your save or whatever. <laughs> like that can't really be done yet. Uh, I mean, transfer um, from across PlayStation 4. Obviously, if you do it from like PlayStation 3 and whatnot. I'm speaking only about like if people wanted to start on the PlayStation 4 for the whole series. So I'm not completely sure about that last thing you said, where it's going to be out in 2018, and the thing about transferring. Oh, you know, at the, it'll um, be at Kondo's least 2018. Also, yeah, well, Kondo's also said that they were figuring out a way to uh, transfer folks' save data from Trails of Cold Steel One and Two to Cold Steel Three on PS4. No, that's what that's been, what I said. He's yeah, been very yeah. vague about it, but he's like. I wouldn't be surprised if we found out more specific information about Cold Steel 1 and 2 on PS4 during a Sony's TGS press conference. Yeah. I mean, they'd already done something like that in the past, haven't they? Was it like Suikoden or something like that, where you can like you could transfer your saves across like different platforms like that? Because it was going from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2. Like, I think there's a way to import your save from... Maybe Adam knows this more than I do. Isn't there, like, a way you can transfer a save? I don't know if you played Suikoden 3, but, like... <laughs> I mean, I there, there, played... There's also this way different times, too, and different developers, but go for it. Well, I, I don't know exactly what you're getting at, exists, but two though. things. First of all, I know when they moved Final Fantasy X Remaster from PS3 to PS4, you could do a cloud save where, you, like, yeah. you weren't transferring... You weren't transferring from, like, to a different game entirely but it was basically from one version to the game of the game to the next so your playstation 3 save could be played on your playstation 4 yeah uh, done here yeah so that's that was kind of the closest thing i could think of yeah i think that's that's a, that's probably exactly what they could do with uh you know the fact that that i mean uh, more, my more important was that there's precedent for it and so the fact that someone has done it in the past means that falcon could easily do it themselves so i'm, I'm assuming that's what will happen with chills of cold steel 3 because they already did say like didn't they already mention like there's a way to import your save they just haven't explained how they can do it i thought they I don't already think, did that. I, I they don't know if they've ever mentioned it. something but they haven't yeah. explicitly confirmed i mean to be honest like all you'll get is like some weird bonus or whatever it's not like it's not like you know transferring uh as important as final fantasy 10 was you know clearly taking your actual progress in the game as opposed to like bonuses for uh tying your account because you know it's the same playstation network account so i assume that they'll find out a way to like you know tie that in and find out the progress for your cloud save but you know we'll see uh i but the fact that that's happening i think is great also for falcon fans and makes me think about like all these different projects they've gotten developed and like they've got this it makes me think about the status of like east 5 you know i'm kind of i'm kind of interested to see if they'll use that uh, improvements that Durante made in the pc version for yeah. them over in the ps4 version that's, because because yeah. that's because those improvements are like super big actually very significant for the game like it, it'd be nice if that somehow like yeah they somehow were able to work in agreements like okay yeah we'll take the pc enhancements into the PS4 version. I, mean, we're talking about turbo mode, I have so my doubts because um, 
what Durante did for the PC version is he basically rewrote the game for DirectX. Yeah, so. I mean, one can hope, right? That's I mean, yeah, it's it's. I mean, if you look at, there's been plenty of console games that have their turbo mode added so you know hopefully they'll be able to figure something out i mean you've got 12 I, I think, got I, yeah, hack, at so. least the very least turbo yeah please just <laughs> that's, turbo. that's all i really want because yeah. i don't want to go through all of that again i just mm-hmm. want to like experience it the way it is i just hope that there's also other sort of visual improvements hopefully also like with voice acting you know like in the first game because we're talking about it coming to japan i wonder if they'll do anything to the voice acting because oh, they yeah, did like right. you know the 50 yeah. percent more on the pc version but that was only that's in english mm-hmm. so Something tells me they won't do that, though. I think they'll try to score the least, uh, the least amount of work. Uh, uh, besides that, because I, yeah, I can't yeah. see Falcom doing too much on this. I assume mm-hmm. it'll just be like simple ports, but we'll see. Um, but that's kind of the, that's kind of like the, the other piece of news. Uh, but speaking of Falcom, though, Nice America uh, had to drop the bad news here that, and this is kind of <laughs> what we kind before. of assumed. Yeah, the, we kind of assumed this was happening because uh, apparently the the beta version of East Eight wasn't doing so hot, and so yeah, they, yeah. the beta they, testers. Yeah, they did announce that they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of uh, the the writing was on the wall pretty much on that stuff, but like, uh, they did say that they are going to um, delay the PC version of East Eight. It's indefinitely d- delayed. And what they talked about in the actual post about it on Steam, on the Steam forums, is that uh, they thought that a lot of the major controls had to do with the... Uh, they are talking about things like that. We believe that the majority of the major... This is just poorly typed. Uh, major control issues with keyboard, mouse, and display resolution-related issues have been taken care of, but they're still experiencing random crashes, frame rate issues, and language-related issues. So, I, uh, you know, it's, it's typical game development. You... You fix one thing, it creates a bunch of other problems with it. So game development's hard. Go figure. So I don't yeah, really, no. I, I I don't envy the work yeah. of those developers. I, I heard of some amusing. Uh, I mean, the beta testers were under and uh, uh, you know a non-disclosure agreement. But I heard some kind of amusing things where like you you have the you have the game like set to like full English, and then like you beat a boss, and then after the game, everyone is talking in English, but the text is in French. And oh, just I saw that in like Japanese that. too. Like they completely changed the Japanese. To, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so, it has it has French text. Uh, apparently, yeah, like, apparently, like, like the uh, apparently like the the French script for that game is like really bad oh, <laughs> i mean i'm no. not surprised because the english uh, script isn't good to begin with but <laughs> yeah I, I, I i don't speak french i don't write uh, french I, I i don't know how that compares to the english version because i said like the english script is like serviceable to me that's fine i don't know how the french is there but you know i think i think my main issue for this is that like it, they just they decide to drop it like last minute i'm sure there was like a, maybe a meeting monday morning it's like okay we need to like just make the uh, like Could iron shit it felt like yeah and it just didn't exactly. work out for them so yeah i feel like, I feel like they're trying their best then during that two-week period or whatever period they did for the beta testing but that just sucks because you know you're doing it's a very very last minute thing people already like of course they can of course uh do refunds from steam but you know a lot of people don't have ps4 so it's like and the pc is only their option so i just I feel bad for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they pre-order the game and it's like a useless no. code for them until it comes out. But also the fact that, yeah, uh, uh, it's something that I assume Falcom invest, like they, they basically signed a contract with Nice America, assuming that they'd have like a simultaneous, like yeah. simultaneous platform release on that. So I, I really wonder like how this affects the relationship uh, um, between them. Something that's been brought up in the Falcom Discord has been the fact that 
um, Falcom's EO, um, EOY report is at the end of this month. So if uh, Ease 8 doesn't come out on PC before then, that could really negatively affect their... Uh, I think I think Nice America said it'd be a couple of weeks. So I assume it'll be out. They, just no, not. no. They said the first two problems. There's three problems listed on the Steam community post. Yeah. The first two problems will take at least two weeks, and then they're going to get started on the third problem. Yeah, after we're, we're, yeah we're talking about like. At uh, least pro- like I feel like the earliest release date at this point is like next month, but I think I think worst case scenario is it doesn't make this year. I think that's. I, I, I assume it'll be out this year because they've done this stuff before. Hopefully. Like I, I think that's 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 probably the the a cynical way to put it. Like well, sometime this year. I mean, at least that's that's like the. Uh, at least that, that's like the the. the I least, think it's uh, safe to uh, say though that it's more than likely not making yeah. this month because because if you think yeah. about it, like putting out this announcement before the actual release day like it sends messages like like something catastrophic happened to this port yeah. behind the scenes i would say you that know? at least for nice america's thing is that they need to put this out on pc as soon as possible because yeah, they, that's course. obviously they invest a lot of money in it and this is one of the biggest releases that they've got but this they, year but, so but, they but need now, to put it out now, as soon as possible but now they have to they have to not only put it out as soon as possible but they have to make sure that this thing has very like minor minor like launch problems if any like when it releases PC, because, because, <laughs> because, because yeah, because like delaying this, okay, fine, because we have no choice but to wait. But you have to put it this out with very, very minor issues at launch, because if there are big right. major issues still when this releases on PC, you just totally fucked up everything. I mean, I, I mean, the cat's out of the bag already, right? Where it's like clearly there's a lot of problems with it, so yeah, it's like they yeah. can't really save themselves from that. If anything, they'll probably put out like another like beta for it or whatever, just to make sure that it's safe, or put it towards. Uh, their own internal beta team to make sure that it runs. I mean, I'm obviously yeah, going to do that anyway, but uh, I just I just assume that, you know, it, maybe it won't make this month, but it'll, I almost 100% uh, I'm sure that it's going to be out in October because they need I, it. I they need so. it out. Yeah, yeah I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. No, I'm I, I, know, it's probably like, already going to be done if it doesn't make it out this month because of that end of year report. I mean, that's, the end of your report is, is, is what it is. You know, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's, 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 that's business related things. I Falcon, not East America. East America <laughs> needs the money. More. We're, 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 we're not well, business no, no, analysts. It's not about East America there. It's about the fact that um, um, Falcom already said that Ease 8 was going to be out by this time to their shareholders. And while, yes, the PS4 and Vita versions will have been out, the shareholders were expecting the PC version at the same time, and that's going to be to affect the results. Yeah, but it's not the but first I'm, time I'm, Falcom has had to delay a game beyond exactly. their fiscal I'm, I'm year. Not, so. I'm, not, I'm not a Falcom shareholder. I don't work at Falcom. I don't work at Nisa. So that, that whatever the, the relationship like is between them and what their agreements are, that's on them. I'm not here going to speculate like every single thing into the future of what's going to happen. You know, Whatever yeah. happens, is happens. But it needs to be a good question. That's what we agree well, on. We were just Do asking we... how it's Sorry. going to affect their relationship, and I said, well... The fact that it is affecting that DOY is probably a pretty big deal for a Japanese. But who knows? Like but who knows? I honestly that. don't think it's going to affect it much. No. Nah. Honestly, as long as it's out and it makes Falcom a ton of money, I don't think they care. Because that's, that's, even if it's the fiscal year ends, because I mean, we're talking about like the very end of the fiscal year is when the game is supposed to be coming out. So I assume that every, all the decisions up to this point would have been just as important for their company. And their because it's okay. Year. Like, we're, we're talking about only like the ramifications of like this single delay and yes it's bad but you have to think about you know how nisa did uh like you know for falcom up until this point like yes. they helped uh, your condo get around the the country yeah. the world the they gave they gave they gave a really really great marketing campaign for e and a really great like collector's edition for that game and i heard like a lot of this uh, just very very positive astounding things about that collector's edition thing like the the quality that like nisa has put into like the marketing and like 
everything around these 8's launch has been like fantastic you know i will say the only only problem i can see from that is like how many people are actually getting refunds because if it's a yeah. subs- it's a substantial amount uh it, it kind of has you concerned but they might just go turn around and buy it again so it's kind of hard to say like exactly and, and, and you know and, and and also like uh like there's going to be like a like a nisa plan to like for a make good on pc players as well this might do like a, a significant launch discount for a week for example you know to get like you know players back in Sure, sure. That's... Okay, I, I, I honestly think we've been talking about this too long, but yeah. I had one quick question. Do we... <laughs> Go, do I mean, it. I've been trying to say going. this for like 10 minutes. I, I like this. Yeah. Do we know, is Nisa porting this in-house or did they contract somebody else? Because I know Nisa, most of their ports, I thought they were kind of doing themselves, but I'm not sure about this one. I'm pretty sure they're contracting it out. Yeah, yeah. me too. I think this, it's the this, same This would be much, before. much bigger than any other game they've okay. done, obviously. Yeah. All, the other games they've done are like, SRPGs and like a visual novel, not the Dungeon Rafa, but they had yeah, like I, a, yeah, a past one and like Dungeon Crawlers. So this yeah. is obviously a much bigger <laughs> I, undertaking. I, I, that reminds me, I heard like uh, I just read like a, a comment from a friend today that like apparently the PC port of Psycho Pass is still a fucking mess. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. By the way, how is Tales of Symphonia doing? Uh, we, we don't talk about that one. How the, how the PC version is it? I don't know. Ben, I thought, uh, they, I thought they eventually got an update. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they eventually get an update. I think that's Great. the thing. Like we're still talking about games that have been having issues for a long time ago. But you know, that's that's why I'm not going to be too shocked if this comes out and still have problems with it. But it's playable. Oh, hopefully, hopefully, like you know, it runs well. That's, 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 that's if you that's can some, beat the game, I think that's the most I, important part. I, I think I think this like. I always wish for the best for a game. I never yeah. want it to come out and like want to like you know give it shit for no reason. You know, I it's, want it's a PC version that doesn't well. exist in Japan. That's the biggest thing. Like we don't understand like how difficult that can be. Of course, you're taking a game that doesn't exist on another platform and have to localize it and then bring it to PC. That's it. Could be a lot of problems that are, like are fine on like a PlayStation Four or whatever. But like when it comes to uh, you know. And, and no, the Vita version apparently of East 8 wasn't that great either. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the same conversation in Tokyo Zada do EX Plus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not even, that doesn't even have a confirmed date yet. I mean, Amazon yeah. says like end November of November, but something. Axis, I'm sure, is like, oh, we are, we are mm. shit right now. We have no idea what's going on. <laughs> this game is hard as hell. Uh, so yeah, um. I don't envy game developers at all. Um, but yeah, we still, of course, when that game comes out and it, it's bad, uh, you know, we got to hold their feet to the fire as we should. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully, you know when that pc version comes out we should probably do like some sort of impressions piece of like okay well, how did this thing actually turn out oh i mean no doubt we got it we will definitely talk about it yeah. uh but let's move on as adam mm-hmm. said we've been we talked about that for a while but uh before we get into the biggest piece of the news i just want to round up some of the other stuff that uh came out here right. um so one cool thing uh dragon's crown uh this is something that i was a huge fan of when it came this out was on PlayStation the atlas vanillaware game that side scroller rpg yes right? uh with the with the with the the, the Amazon, Amazon and the, and the, the warrior, and the, the sorcerer, the, witch, the sorcerer. Yeah. Uh, yeah so Dragon's those. Crown Pro uh, for PlayStation Four. That's been leaked because there was a Nico Nico ad uh, that you can view on your smartphone. It was supposed to be at TGS, I think. It was an ad promoting TGS. Uh, they basically leaked it. Now they have not. It's it's only showing for PlayStation Four. It could very much be on a different platform as well. Maybe it'll be on Steam as well, but or PC anyway. Um, but we, we don't, don't know yet. It's that's all we know. It's been confirmed there. There also has been no word about what exactly the enhancements because it's just a ad. <laughs> so yeah. we don't. Know. That, that, like uh, my 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 
crossing my fingers that it does the Odin Sphere Lathrasir approach of like maybe remaking the gameplay to be a little bit faster, like Morimasa. That'd be really cool. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you could definitely see with like Odin Sphere, like it needed the pro, it needed like uh, fixing uh, because of the frame rate and stuff like that. But like Dragon's Crown, I I thought was an amazing game that had like just a few problems with it. I I think I think it was I think it was cool, but I think it could be a little bit faster. But uh, that's me. I don't don't feel like every Vanillaware game needs to be Morimasa. Every game should be Morimasa. (laughs) Morimasa for PlayStation Four, right? Or like oh man. Yeah, I would like, love. Man, like, I would yeah. love. I, I, okay, but for real, the, I think the main thing that Dragon's Crown Pro needs is, uh, like, get rid of the restriction of like having to beat the campaign once to unlock multiplayer. Oh, that was fucking stupid. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That was yeah. garbage. Like, I did not like the fact that I do that with all. Uh, I did. Wait, I mean, it's like, was that is... just online multiplayer or? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was, no, you can do the first playthrough local multiplayer, but to unlock yeah. online multiplayer, you yeah. need to, to beat it once. I was that's wondering nice. about that because I did play a bit of Dragon's Crown with a friend like years ago, like local multiplayer. So yeah, I was like, yeah, that what? that was fine. But that's you know most people, it's going to be playing online. But I I just remember the fact that of course when you like recover bodies from out in the field and bring them back to like raise them, I remember unlocking a very very high level character very early in the game, and <laughs> that was like the <laughs> funnest time I had because I just nice. had this really badass. Uh, archer and just killing everybody while just standing back like oh great i get the experience on this this is awesome <laughs> taking out the bosses and um, uh i, I yeah. guess my, my other thing is kind of make a there's a way to like blind your fucking uh uh like teammates because the sorcerer sorcerer the male mage dude had like a meteor spell that would like just oh, put, like, the whole yeah. fucking screen make your ps3 chug as well as like making you blind in the process the screen it was so uh, disorienting and like yeah. that one whatever when you know like you're trying to run away from the dragon when you were yeah. talking about like you know people not fast enough that was kind of annoying because you almost got killed just from the being in the wake of the dragon yeah. then you were actually you know trying to fight it off or something like that but i, I think it's cool i think they can yeah. it, oh, the, being a dual shock war uh, really opened up using that uh, cursor for the cooking mini game. Use the touchpad for that. Ah, yes, the cooking mini game. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. I have a friend yeah. that played through Dragon's Crown on PS3, and he was always like, "I always had difficulty with that mini game." And when I played online, I could always tell when. Well, this was him saying he could always <laughs> tell when someone was on Vita because they were just like. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can tell yeah. the fucking chefs in that game. They 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 are machines and cooking everything up. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus that was. Christ. <laughs> that was great. That's. I mean, I'm I'm excited for Dragon's Crown Pro yeah. because, like I said, yeah. I loved the original game, but it could definitely. I mean, anytime you see a vanillaware game and and like higher resolution is always a bonus for me. So yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. It's gonna uh, be really cool. I, I definitely want to revisit that and have a lot more people on it. God, so, yeah, we'll hear about that. And talking 13... about Muramasa earlier, we really do need a PS4 PC version yeah. of the DLC. Oh man, yeah, exactly. We I really do. do. So, like, yeah, so that and 13 Sentinels likely will be at TGS. And so, yeah, I mean, all signs point to that, considering it was at E3 mm-hmm. and all, or at least it was kind of promoted at E3. It was barely <laughs> quote there, unquote at E3. Yeah, yeah. it's like they just showed the same trailer. It was it was me strolling around and like, oh, there's a there's a line here to get a photo with this car, uh, robot cutout from the game, and uh, like a, a slightly expanded like did TGS. You, did you send out a hashtag to? Share your picture and get like you know an icon or something like that. That's oh, that's no, an LS at E three is always been like use this. I did, I did I did like take a picture of that robot. Though. Oh okay, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so so other news that, that they've got because uh, like I said we got a lot to still talk about here. Um, Square Enix announced that Grimm's notes will begin localized to America, Europe, and Korea. Now I get to play I got to play some of this game and I thought that the art style at least was amazing. Like I I loved it and it's weird how that game it's it's very much about like Grimm's notes is based about you know Grimm fairy tales. Uh, Grim Brothers, so it's all the um, yeah. 
you know, Red Red Riding Hood and like all the Hansel yeah. and Gretel and all Aladdin. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah Aladdin. Yeah. So it was great to see that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're looking at like <laughs> it was Cinderella, a Alice before set out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? Like that's yeah. it was like they were already doing the fairy tale stuff. And yeah. like I said, the art style was great. And I, I I had apparently I mean I had some of my best luck as far as a gotcha in that game. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it uh, because yeah. being able to understand the story would be nice. Uh, it, it's, it's there's also a top building driven. mechanic yeah. to it, and that was that, that, like that's the killer for like people who don't like read japanese that well like i'm my japanese wasn't like good enough to like understand the town building in that game that's always the killer for like the oh, like no any doubt. game no doubt and no <laughs> doubt and like i said there's a lot of story to this game so being able to you know read it would be great so yeah, yeah. uh did they give a date for that or is it just their um, no they, they just said they're localizing there's no date on it at, at all and it's, it's for america europe and korea it's yeah. worth mentioning that this was announced by the korean publisher yeah that's right and like yeah. square enix usa square enix europe have not said anything so <laughs> yeah not but... that at all like that's like they just announced that yeah we got a plan it's like it, it wasn't even it wasn't even like any english channels it was just like at the a japanese website as well that they're that's like oh yeah it's... we're bringing this to like <sighs> over global there markets okay. yeah it's it's just not <laughs> cool <laughs> do they just not get the memo i guess but i don't know maybe we're just not on their press list for that uh company no i don't well, know maybe well, it could be like it's, that maybe square enix usa has literally nothing to do with it even though it's a square enix japan developed maybe. game it kind of reminds so, me of like project cross zone 2 yeah, got announced that, in asia <laughs> for, for the that's west what square enix likes to do with their mobile games like they outsource the fuck out of like everything for their mobile game like but but to these developers like okay we'll we'll publish it for you but they don't that's all they're just like a marketing deal you know it, it. it bugs the crap out of me that we're getting this before star ocean of valkyrie on Ant- automata like automia whatever it was pronounced Anatomia. like like yeah, those are yeah. i mean obviously then uh, they might not be great games but you know they're clearly based on ips that people in the west would totally get way more than grim's notes yeah <laughs> so. I know, it's, it's, it's weird hopefully hopefully they'll they'll do it because like grim's notes came out before those got yeah launched. it did it did yeah, i i so, that was like fair. my first real approach on that so yeah but oh, also, uh, yeah, there, I mean, we got a, there's been a couple other announcements as well. Mm-hmm. Terror Battle 2 will be out on September 21st, and they've still got that pre-registration campaign that ends on the 20th, uh, bef- right before midnight Pacific. And so if people want to jump on that, that's there. And I'm looking forward to playing that game myself because I dig the style to it, and I didn't really get into the first game as much <laughs> okay. as I could have. But the second one Ter- is open world, so I'm excited. Terra Battle 2 is the Destiny smartphone games. Yes, it's the Destiny. Uh, honestly, like, I, I mean... Yeah, De- Terra Battle could use some work, so I guess in some sense, yes. Uh, it's like the Destiny 2 mobile games, but um, it's definitely, uh, like, I love the artwork and I love the music in that game, but it's, like, the second game is going to have a lot more story to it, which the first game really lacked. It was mostly, like, I don't know if any of you guys played Terra Battle 1, but it was a lot of, like, start the mission, and then you get, like, five yeah, or six I, lines I, of dialogue I, I, on the screen. I, two, two and a half hours, I was like, no, this is kind of lame, so it hopefully was, Terra Battle 2 makes you out of it, so... It, w- it was, but there's actually a way to play Terra Battle on PC already. But Terra Battle 2 will be on PC as well, and on smartphones, of course. So that'll be out in a few days here on Thursday um, from from our time. And then also Digimon Links is also getting an English localization. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is kind of just a Digimon with turn-based battles, is that? Yeah, there's like a there's like a three-on-three com- uh, yeah, yeah. battles on, on this. Like Digimon has, World! Like, yeah! It has like a, like farm building and raising Digimon and it's whatnot. It's typical, so, yeah. That, that's like dated for like early 2016. Yeah, yeah. 2018, you mean? 
2018, my yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah, it came out 2016. <laughs> oh, so. okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's all these Digimon games coming out lately. It's kind of like, we're getting, because the movies are out there, like, kind of oh, yeah, shoveling right. it that's all right. towards I, our I, way. I still haven't well, watched any of those. Well, the West uh, passed the test by actually buying. Uh, I know, that's right. Digimon remember the, the, the really shitty Digimon Rumble Arena game? Oh, it's yeah. Like, if you so want to get more Digimon games, you better fucking buy this. Wasn't there like a PlayStation 3 game, too, or something? Yeah. Like that? Oh, yeah. fucking yeah. Hey, man. That was like garbage. They literally just cobbled it together for western release oh, we wanted was, cyber dimension so and we got that oh not cyber dimension we wanted what was it uh cyber, cyber, cyber sleuth. sleuth yeah yeah cyber dimensions neptunia but yeah cyber sleuth uh we got that and we got you know now we've got digimon world came out early digimon world came out in february no one remembers that <laughs> or oh, yeah, january digimon february, world yeah. was really weird though with the pr where it's like originally announced oh it's digital only for ps4 oh it's Coming out physically on PS4 and digital. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's right. Screw up that they did, then, where they announced then it, it got and then even pulled worse the when uh, the Vita finally got hacked and people found out. Wait a second, the Chinese Digimon World Next Order release has an English translation in the files that, that just was, isn't accessible. I remember reading about that. Yeah, they really, they really messed up that game. But now we've got you know the Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Uh, hackers or whatever or that game's coming out or something. Hey, Alex. I mean, Adam. You remember this that name? What was it? Uh, it's like Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory. There we go. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. That's, that was it. I believe yeah. you. I mean, it's, it's like it's like a non, it's like a sidequel. That's like, right. Not sequel, yeah. but like sidequel. It's not. It's not like you know. It's not apocalypse. Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse. It, something like that. It's, it's like it's like Persona Three Fest. Yeah, it's like it all additional. That game plus. Game, so. I, 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 did, I never got to play Cyber Sleuth as a huge Digimon fan. I feel and what's weird about that game, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory, which releases <laughs> next year for in English, is the Japanese version comes with the full original game too. Yeah. But the English version, they haven't said anything about that so it's i, I would uh, assume that it'll be included I, actually i i'm almost certain they have mentioned that it does come with the original game at okay. least the bandai namco asia account <laughs> has and they um bandai namco asia which this is something i found out when uh cyber sleuth first came out mm-hmm. is that bandai namco europe is actually the one that has jurisdiction over bandai namco asia as in like southeast asia and whatnot so the translation for that Asian English release in Asia that would come with both uh, Hacker's Memory and the original Cyber Sleuth, that would be uh, something that Bandai Namco Europe is doing, which means it's going to be the same thing in both Europe and Asia. So you're saying I should blame Bandai Namco Europe for the shitty localization of uh, the SRW Moon Dwellers game yeah. instead of Southeast Asia branch. Not that Singapore or whoever guy that we were talking about before. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Yeah, got we, it. Now we have to like, – so we got to get them to bring all that over. They also got to bring over the Kamen Rider English localization. They got to bring that over to the Americans. Oh, too. yeah. The, that Kamen Rider PS4 game. Climax, right. whatever it's called. Yeah. Climax. Fighters. Yeah, yeah. talking about Brandon yeah. Amco. The only Asia. reason I found that out, though, is because I imported the uh, physical Vita version of uh, Cyber Sleuth. Because it was dedicated. In Asia, it had a physical release yeah. for the English version, but it. And I was wondering, oh, does it support the uh, DLC from the um, North, American, um, North American PSN? Because I know some games will, like um, Soul Sacrifice Delta's Asian English like physical release, actually worked with the uh, DLC from the European PSN. Oh, no There's region some... locking. That's nice. And then, well, no, it's not region locking. It's sometimes if they're coming out at the same time in both regions, it's literally the same code. Hmm. So, hmm. like, for some games, it's, like, it'll be meshed up with the European release. Some games, it'll be the uh, North American release that um, matches up with. For uh, 
Cyber Sleuth on Vita ended up matching up with the European release, so I wasn't able to use the DLC that way, unfortunately. But that's how I found out about the whole thing, that um, all of Bandai Namco Asia's decisions go through Bandai Namco Europe. That makes sense. Bandai Namco Europe is kind of like the headquarters at some point. So that's, I mean, as far as the West is concerned, as far as English stuff. Um, And I assume that they're Bandai Namco Asia's English like that, that whole social media stuff is probably controlled. Like the community manager is probably the same one. Like I know Corey Tecmo does that. Like the Corey Tecmo Europe controls the a lot of the American stuff too. So that's not yeah. too surprising here. Uh, but you know, man, Soul Sacrifice. No one talks about that game as much as they should. Uh, Soul Sacrifice but, Delta should get a PS4 yeah, version. Yeah, it does. That oh, Freedom Wars. Let's bring it back. Monster, I mean, the fact that God Eater is so big and Monster is so big, they really need to bring Soul Sacrifice and Freedom Wars. You know, that's 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 they they need to really. Oh man, Wars. the thing about Soul Sacrifice though is that uh, we're getting a bit sidetracked, but that oh, was Kaijin Afune's like first big game when he was starting Concept. So it's like the same guy that did Mighty Number no. Nine, which everyone. Oh, but it was it was more sense. Soul Sacrifice was just like for that. Are you talking about, of course, you know. Well, he was he was the one that he, actually. It was based on his concept. concept it, of the game. Yeah, I'm and sorry. He actually came up with a lot. Of, he actually did come up with a lot of the uh, character designs for that. Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. Like, it, like I know, I know, I'm fully aware about it because I talked to the guy who was like, I think I talked about this where I was at the PlayStation Europe uh, closed booth and E3 closed like meeting room area where they were showing it off for the first time. They just said, yeah, he just kind of came up with the concept. They they took it and ran from there. It's it's that's kind of all it was. It was like they took the his idea. It wasn't like he wasn't as involved with it as they kind of laid it to believe because his name yeah. was attached. It was just trying to get them. It was like a mark anything more than anything but i totally get what you're saying but yeah like that and if i'm not mistaken didn't they was it was this just a rumor that freedom wars ps4 was a thing or is that just people wanting that i think it's people wanting it i haven't heard anyone let's move on uh because we still got stuff to talk about and i we like (laughs) this has been a long podcast so far yeah we like to go off the tangent anyone who's ever listened to this podcast before knows that we love to go on our tangents and i think that that's fun and that's exciting and but we haven't even gotten to nintendo direct yet yeah (laughs) We'll talk about that. Last piece of news before we do, though. Yeah. Uh, of course, oh, I didn't mention this before. Actually, I did play some of that uh, Dragon Ball Fighters beta today. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're doing that. They Man, started I, I, at like I'm 2 a.m. <laughs> it was like, okay. I, I, I'm envious of uh, the beta players there because the, the time slots are a lot more forgiving yes. in the beta than the Gundam versus 1, which was or literally... Or honestly. Like... <laughs> Gundam versus 1 is literally, for the month of August, it was every Thursday and Saturday... Uh, in the hours of like between four to five a.m. PST. Fuck that yeah. noise! This was like yeah, you know, it was one done, hour. Yeah. They've done multiple ones. I think they're just about to start another one uh, yeah. in a bit here. But so I got to play some yeah, of it. Lucky. It's very basic. Like there's just a trial mode that you start off, and then when you get to the lobby, uh, you can either you know run up to the arena and fight people or watch replays. And so I I beat somebody once, and then I lost about twenty go. times. And so I really should have done a one and done. Game. You should like got, got in there. Beat I up did. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Like the first time I won, I quit, and that was after i oh. lost like a bunch of times i'm I'm, oh, okay. I'm really bad at fighting games i think i mentioned this <laughs> uh the reason i mentioned that is because of course arc system works is the one who made dragon ball fighters and they also shared some new details about blaze blue cross tag battle now this is not what the news that people expected it to be we talked about last week we were saying <laughs> september 15th oh, surely they gotta fun. announce a persona 5 protagonist nope they announced that Jin from blaze blue yosuke from persona 4 arena and uh lynn from undernight in birth will be uh added to the game and they only showed they had released a new trailer with some a little bit of gameplay of each, but it just seems like Yosuke is straight up just Arena Ultimax, same yeah. combos and stuff like that. So, 
really interesting to see that they announced a character from Blaze Blue, Persona, and uh, Uniel, Underknife and Birth. I'm not going to say the full title. Underknife <laughs> and Birth, that's all you're going to say. Yeah. Underknife and Birth, let's just yeah, say that. But they didn't announce anything new from Ruby. Nope. So a lot of people have been wondering if it's just the one character from Ruby if it, or if there was going to be more. And it seems oh, it's like... got to be more. I mean, they haven't, they barely announced anything as it is. So I assume that it's just, there's like such know. a, there's such like an early project right now. That's like uh, people coming to conclusions. It's like at this stage, it's like, kind of, wow, that's very, very early. <laughs> there's not a lot of characters in Ruby. So I assume that they're just trying to pace themselves is what I'm assuming here. Yeah. Cause Persona 4, I mean, has at least got like a bunch of characters they've already made with, uh, and you know, Ruby doesn't have a fighting game that they can steal sprites from, and so I assume it's like that's <laughs> yeah, a lot a more point. work for them than in, as opposed to you know Blaze Blue, where they've got a billion and Undernight and Birth, with of course that game already exists. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you see all the animations like are very much uh, straight out of their like source oh, yeah, games. Do, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really bizarre Plus, when you see that st- like the styles clashing with each other like that. Look, it's, it's MVC all over again, man. The oh, 90s arcade games, dude, just that's exactly what this shit. <laughs> just like, moving <laughs> yeah. like really bizarre off. Yeah, it's being dark for you. Exactly. Uh, it is all right so let's get into the actual big piece of news like james just mentioned um the nintendo direct that happened this past wednesday uh and it was 45 minutes which is i think about twice as long as the e3 direct so that was kind of nuts uh by itself so there was of course american europe had their own uh stream and japan had their own separate one as far as I know, the only thing that happened in Japan that I know of is that they announced Persona, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 for J- uh, Japan for uh, the Switch. Yeah, they, they also, they also oh, announced, the a new style savvy, they knew, announced a new style-savvy game. <laughs> of course, uh, the style-savvy game. The most, yeah, style-savvy for, 5, for yes. Yeah, for, was it 4 or 5? I don't know. It's, it's one five. of those. And they, and they also showed off like a very, very brief new footage of like the new Atelier game on Switch. That's right, yeah. That they did show actual... like They haven't really shown anything for it uh, as far as game... Well, they... A little bit, but they actually showed some new stuff there. It just reminded you, like, yeah, that game's totally going to be coming to Switch. Uh, But for the West, which is, you know, clearly the more important part uh, for us, um, they shared some new details on a bunch of games. So uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, that was one of the early games they showed here uh, after Pokemon Sun and Moon, of course, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, uh, showing off some of the new Pokemon that'll be there. We got some news up on the site about that. that that game's out in a couple months, so uh, you know, get excited, Pokemon fans. I personally, that's the game I'm looking forward to playing for the first time. I haven't played a Pokemon game since Green, no Yellow. Actually, Yellow was the last one I played. So <laughs> playing that. Uh, but Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah, exactly. Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Uh, they showed a bunch of new footage. I explained a lot of the new mechanics of that game. The new uh, the combat system showed up. The HUD, the story, of course. That game's going to be out on December first. So. Made, really, it, made it this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 amazing to think that that actually happened. Considering like you've seen like the Yasunori Mitsuda was talking about how like this is the biggest project that he's ever it's, worked on as far it, as the it, made, it made it made it to another release date that's gonna be really hard to like talk about on Game of the Year discussion if it if it's if it's that good. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. Xenoblade Chronicles like, oh, uh, X. That oh was, gosh, that was cross. Uh, so, uh, but I'll I wanted to. It, sorry, so. yeah. I'm talking over James. Sorry, what are you gonna say? Well, I'll definitely be playing it. So, um, if it's any good, you'll definitely hear about it during game of the year discussion. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, a lot of us own a Switch now, so that'll be. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a. As opposed to Cross, where it was like, not everyone owned a Wii U or cared about playing it. Um, so I think two is clearly the ga- the game that we're going to be a lot of uh, a lot of eyes going to be on. Um, but 
the, people were showing comparison shots of the E3 reveal and the not the E3 reveal, but the original reveal of the game, as opposed to and actually it was the E3 trailer because that's when they showed the, a lot of the the but characters, the protagonists the versus the um, yeah. this new Nintendo Direct footage, and it definitely does look better. Uh, though I will say at least that the the guy still looks kind of ugly. <laughs> and I think the, the guy will always look ugly. Oh like, you, you know, for is like an armor. You can hope for is like a headpiece over like Kim and like full body armor. That's, that's like all right. That was the thing, and also like the lip sync was like way off a lot of oh, it. Yeah. it was like it was just a lot of like, it, 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 like, it was, like, it was like i'll be honest it was like it was a bad trailer i was still very excited for the game it looks cool. awesome but it was it was a bad way to like show off that game also like i am a pretty lenient like english dub person and that voice acting is iffy like, at uh, best yeah i think they got the like the wrong like positive feedback from xenoblade chronicles one i hope i'm wrong uh but like it's like they're kind of like just shoving in accents in that game like full force which is like fine in itself but it's, it's like, not it feels consistent, so inconsistent. yeah <laughs> exactly it's like you have like this like scottish accents that's like some weird like non-scotland like town it's uh I don't know. Descript. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, yeah, I just feel like someone that generally doesn't like dubs, but I'd say that Xenoblade Chronicles dub is probably my favorite dub in a video game of all time. Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade 2's dub is not. I, I just hope not, that's like it was like a bad mix of that trailer. And I'm it's just hoping like, that it has Japanese audio as an option. And I'm Chronicles had the best it. English. I'm sorry, I just had like process that. You thought Xenoblade Chronicles had the best English like dub voice ever? That's yeah. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think it was that great. Yeah, it was, but... yeah, it was, it was all right. right. I, can, I, I, I can see, I can see why people would say. Opinion. That. I yeah. mean, you can have you're free to have your own opinion about that. I <laughs> you just... say, you say, fuck you, James. Yeah, I fuck you, James. Well, fuck you and your well, opinion. I mean... uh, but I, I just <laughs> wanted to. Do you want me to defend sorry. that? No, sorry, we're not going to spend too much. Time <laughs> we're not going yeah, to debate we'll this wait till, year. We'll wait till Game of the Year when you got to defend Xenoblade Chronicles Two as the official association. Oh man! Oh gosh! I'll look forward to our conversation then. But I, I wanted to briefly say at least that yeah, it's like. Uh, I will say, um, despite the fact that the HUD looks ugly as hell, because it's kind of really crowded there, I thought the combat looked really fun. And from the different like, clips people were sharing on social media about like the, the stuff, it looked really entertaining and charming as hell. And so, because like, there's a lot of like really, like if you pay attention to the details that they're putting into the combat itself and the gameplay and, and stuff like that, they clearly put a lot of work into that stuff. And so I'm hoping that really shines through. But I think yeah, that I, like our boss Alex actually put up a, a post on <laughs> on Twitter about how that he thought that the HUD itself is what's turning people away from Japanese RPGs like that kind of stuff because it's so, it seems so complex and really it's, impenetrable. It's Monolith Soft's problem. Like it, this has always has been a problem with Monolith Soft, where like they have a lot of interesting systems that they put in their games, but the way they present them is very overwhelming to people who are not in like you know very like they haven't like played in that genre before so it's hard to get like newcomers jrpg newcomers into like interested in those games like even though they have really neat ideas and cool stories and like awesome characters just the way they present info it's so overwhelming at times yeah. gust has that same problem like a lot of yeah. systems actually end up breaking the game uh like it's really hard to to discern but it makes me think and this is something that's like a few of the people that i talked to agreed it's like it would be great if they a lot of the developers today would took the idea that you know square enix did with final fantasy 14 allowing you to move the hud around and like mm-hmm. increase like shrinking yeah. or resizing the size i of would the, love that yeah yeah i think that uh, it makes a lot of sense considering xenoblade chronicles is really trying to emulate a, at least a little bit the mmo feel and so with like the hud being all like really 
packed it would be nice to be able to at least change it and you can't blame it i mean you can make the argument that you know it's uh it's it's a little probably a little strong to say that that's what's causing the problems the japanese rpgs i think it's more just you know it's just a bad hud i think i, a lot I, of I can i can see that. why they like went this route though like yeah. the like they're much like the like the hud is much larger this time around because people had uh like a big problem with typing there's a lot of typing somewhere that's true <laughs> but, uh, uh but just uh, imagine no, all that no, on no, a... no. i'm sorry go ahead no I'm, I'm sorry but uh the people had a problem with uh, xenoblade chronicles x's like small font on like the portable uh, like, not the, like the, the small screen on the wii u tablet like that's that was what a i was big, gonna say problem. i'm yeah. sorry I, I keep cutting you off josh i'm sorry about that yeah Finish your thought. Uh, yeah i'm just saying that i can see why they like overcompensated in that other opposite end of the spectrum of like okay we have to make sure that like our font size is very very like on point very visible this time around even if it like cuts into like the gameplay itself uh, it's like it, it sucks but i can see why they went that route see and that's what i'm concerned about a little bit is that you know with this that size of hud on the switch portable like the tablet mm-hmm. version like yeah. that might be like it might just be packed like it's really it might be hard to see through to the action when you're like covered in a bunch of bars and meters and 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 text and all that stuff but you know there there could be a patch later you know whatever or you know they'll just we'll just accept it and just it is what it is but you know hopefully we'll get something out of that let's move into the other news though because yeah we still got some stuff here that we can kind of go over uh briefly i just want to kind of briefly go over some of this other stuff that is not as we we don't need to go too deep into uh dragon quest builders one was announced for the switch that'll be out sometime next spring good very good that's Uh, a perfect game for that portable game yeah considering it's on the vita and now that dragon quest builders 2 is announced for switch it's like the first one's going to be on there too which is which is cool uh I played a bit of that on Vita. I really enjoyed it, but I put it aside to play a bit later. I kind of wish I had waited now so I could get it on Switch. Hey, you all have enough time in between. Uh, but also, yeah. Alliance Alive, uh, which is the game from the creator of Suikoden uh, and Furyu, uh, that'll be, that's announced for localization uh, by Atlas, and that'll be out uh, sometime next year as well. But uh, that uh, is going to be... Kind of a, uh, I appreciate the fact that there's still 3DS RPGs being localized, even if we, we keep talking about you know the Vita when it'll be dead. 3DS doesn't seem to be slowing down. And speaking no. of which, um, Etrian Odyssey 5, they announced a demo for that, and that is out already, so people want to play it. Do you know, does anyone know if that has like the stupid limited demo crap that like somebody I think times? it does have a 30 use limit, <sighs> which is, it should be way more than you would need. That's but true, still. but it's a, it's a dungeon caller. You know, you might yeah. want to play around the different classes and stuff like that. Like, I think the Switch does not have any of that stuff. No, nope. nope, it does. Um, it does? It's Wait, by does. demo. Uh, technically, it's not built into the system, but the Pokemon Tournament DX demo only oh. lets you play it a certain amount of times, and you have to. Delete all the information, and then re-download it. So you well, at least what you can do fuck? that. At least you can do that. I mean, uh. as opposed to like straight up. But the fact that you have to re-download and use up your bandwidth—that's some bullshit right there. I, I don't get the idea behind that. It's just annoying as hell. Uh, but that's the demos out there. They also announced that Project Octopath Traveler. They showed a new trailer with a ton of. That game looks tools. amazing. Yes. Oh my Switch, god! The, I downloaded uh, it. Yeah. I got the email for uh, the survey. Still haven't played it yet. I'll probably play it right after this podcast because I've been hearing a lot of good things. I, I, I played a good bit of it. Yeah, Josh uh, and Adam, you both played it? Oh, man. I have not played it, but it, it, looks it just looks so amazing. Okay, I, 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 I love sprites. Like, me too, me too. I, yeah, and uh, I, I've always kind of like I've, almost lamented how like even handheld games use like models now. It's like, man, really spikes are models. dying. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like, so it's nice to see it, and it, they look good. It doesn't look like the, like the Final Fantasy five and six 
HD versions <laughs> yeah, or anything like that. Yeah. Let's like, kind of let's kind of like kind of dial it back a bit. Like for people who don't know, what Project Octopath Traveler is this is the new RPG from the Bravely Default uh, like members, some members of that. I think they said. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is something I'm a little confused on. Uh, Bravely Default and Saga almost like gameplay wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just kind of like establishing info for people who don't know what it is. I think this has some members from the Project uh, Bravely Default team, but the actual developers itself is Acquire. And oh, whole, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's and their weird. whole big deal with it is, uh, you know, it's the, they leave us HD 2D, which is like the 2D sprites. Obviously, <laughs> HD like 2D, overall, what a dumb name. But yeah, okay. it's, it's, can... yeah, it, it, it's like a it's like 2D, you know, the 2D sprites, like a kind of like pop out of the map, like and walk around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, after the direct, uh, the demo uh, went up for it. The the whole concept of the game is very much like a saga game, like Saga Frontier, where there, yes. like to its name, uh, there's eight, yep eight different uh, protagonists that you can choose from at the beginning. And then uh, the some of them may meet up, some of them you may never meet. And the way you travel about the world is up to you. They have their storylines, but the way you uh, go about it is up to you. It's very freeform. Uh, very, very, very saga-esque. Yeah, it's very, it's very much like going your own way and finding out uh, new stuff on your own. It's very much focused on like not really holding your hand. It's like, hey... You go out and do what you want to do, uh, you know, and that's 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 uh, you know, you open up new possibilities with that, which is very like you know, exciting. And the, and the fact that out. one of the dudes can straight up like have a duel with anybody, <laughs> he doesn't yeah, find anybody yeah. he wants. <laughs> yeah, so like the t- I, I played a bit of the demo. Uh, yeah. There were two uh, protagonists you can choose in the demo. You had this uh, female dancer named Primrose, and you also had Primrose, this. Eh? Other- yeah, and you also had this uh, other like uh, I don't know if he's um, he was like an ex knight uh, named Olberic. I only got through uh, Primrose's like uh, story uh, stuff, and that's how I left off. So I got to be like an hour and a half out of the demo so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the way Primrose's story opens up is like this very very minor spoiler stuff because this is right when you hit like start uh, at the at the beginning. Uh, basically, uh, her dad dies. Uh, gets murdered in front of her, uh, and like she vows revenge on like these three uh, mur- murderers, like each like a distinct tattoo on them. So she goes into like the, the line of uh, you know being a dancer and kind of you know it's a, it's very much a, a shady business, of course. Uh, like uh, she uh, gets made fun of like by other dancers. They have like their own their, this uh, single single individual they refer to as master. And, you know they make the money for him and whatnot. But it's very much you know. Uh, a, a glimpse into like you know her life at the moment and uh like kind of like how she gets by and so uh you know later on i it's, won't spoil it's actually I sorry yeah i didn't realize you still talk but it kind of reminds me of maya and mina's story from dragon quest 4 a little <laughs> i don't know I don't know if it's exactly the same, but I'm pretty sure they're trying to get revenge, and one of them, yeah. you know, is a dancer, and yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> so yeah, so like, uh, you know, th- things ha- things get shit gets real in that, and that, and I won't spoil any of that. But there's definitely like a good chunk of story. It's 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 like you know, it's a small amount, but it's very concise in the, in its messaging, uh, very well written, and like like this this gameplay is really weird. It's hard to explain because it's kind of a it, it has random encounters. Like there's like no like on-screen enemy that you attack or something, it's uh very much um like like you run around the map and you you just the screen will like immediately fade into a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very old school, yeah, very, very old, old school, school. For, for random encounters. Yeah, not even like a little indicator. No, like... no, you just run around and then like it'll just fade into it. Oh, so just a random encounter. Okay, cool. Yeah, just a just straight random encounter system. That's cool. And, 
And so, like the the gameplay, I like to describe to people as um, a, like a weird amalgamation of like East Eight like attack attributes or like uh, like East Party system attributes along with the Bravely default system. Uh, basically, every enemy on the ma- uh, you encounter, it's like a like a two D thing. Like your en- enemies on the left, uh, characters on the right, very much like old school Final Fantasy kind of layout. Um, and you know they're they're not afraid of like the like you know having more important like enemies being bigger. Uh, on that screen, so they're not like you know, like in so, like FF5 and FF6. Like if you encounter a boss, they're like their sprites super fucking big. Even if they're just a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just a human. They're just saying, hey, there's a pretty important uh, encounter, and each uh, enemy has like this shield icon on them, kind of like their guard uh, gauge. And what you do is there's like question marks on them, showing that like you know weaknesses are like, kind of like a trial and error thing, kind of like uh, Mega Ten games, uh, trying to like scope out what they're. Uh, weakness could be so say you you hit their weakness like their their weakness is like a dagger or, or like a yeah a dagger attack so every time you hit their weakness that uh shield icon goes down by one if you uh get that shield icon to zero it'll like break them and they'll be susceptible to any kind of attack and mm-hmm. get like bonus damage whatnot and they'll be stunned for a little bit so they can't like uh yeah attack for a certain amount of turns but what you can do is uh, much like uh, the Bravely Default games is you can like not it's not like Bravely Default where you can't take an action that'll like uh, fill up like a Bravely gauge, but like say if you defend, it'll still like uh, fill up like a, a little like icon in the um, corner where you can like kind of boost your attack. So say like I defended like for three turns, I can now like boost up to like three to four times for this single attack. And uh, boosting allows you to like attack multiple times if it's like a like a, a normal attack. So say I boost up like three times, I can attack with my, my dagger four times in that turn. Then so I can immediately break them if they have a uh, uh, you know that guard gauge, or I can uh, use that to strengthen my spells. So like uh, the, the Primrose has this darkness spell. So if I boost that up like three to four times, you know it'll do a lot of fucking damage. So a lot of it is like kind of like balancing. Okay. Do I want to get this guard break, but for a slightly weaker attack, or do I want to chip down this guard gauge just a little bit, so when they're bra- uh, when they're broken, I can like boost everything into this one attack and deal like over like a thousand to fifteen hundred damage, you know? So it's it's a very very cool s- system. Um, just like how you guys were saying earlier, each and every protagonist in the game they they tap these features. They have like uh, these adventure abilities. I forget the exact terminology, but for say Ulrich. Uh, you can like challenge anyone to a duel. Just say like fucking one v one me right now, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I want to get into that and see how, how that looks. I like saw it. some people like I haven't played this demo yet, but tweeting how like like some random NPC is like ridiculously strong yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see a lot. Those, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of people like saying like uh, they go to a fucking bar, just like challenge the bartender to a battle, and you can just do it. Like it's just it's that free for and you know if you, if you beat that dude in the battle. You know, like, I, I don't know if it, like, it wipes them off the map or something, or it's just like, okay, like, I'm not going to fuck with you again. I'm not sure the rap's going to I wonder if actually in the main game, like, there's going to be, like, those things, but that's, like, how you really, like, it's it's kind of like the Metal Slime kind of oh, uh, yeah, entry. Yeah. Like, to get a ton of experience out of them before you move on. Like, if you're able to do that, would be amazing. Because yeah. if it's, like, a random NPC, it's, not, like, obvious who the one is going to be that's going to, like, be super difficult to challenge. Uh, I think that'd be great to just add at least a little flair of uh, excitement. Because like, you're like, I want to talk to this person, but I don't want to know if I should fight mm. them. Yeah. You can't be all willy-nilly about dueling everybody in town kind of thing. It'd be cool. And uh, the Primrose's thing is very interesting because she has an allure feature. Where uh, you can have like an NPC like follow you around, yeah, and they, they'll, they'll be like a temporary party member 
So like you can call like, them back. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you can call them. You can call them into battle, and uh, like say like the the person, the chick that I got to follow me around. She has like a, a speed up attribute. So when I call into battle, she ca- she'll cast speed up on me. And sometimes she'll attack, but you have like no. It's like much like Persona Three, where you don't have like uh, direct control over them. They'll do whatever the fuck they want after you summon them. So, it, but sometimes like they'll guard for you, which is really nice. Like in the boss battle that I was doing, she was able to guard for me like twice. But they're not always gonna be in battle like uh, 100% of the time. After like a certain amount of turns, they'll like the they'll, they'll like uh, get away from battle, um, and you can't summon them again. But they'll still follow you. I just and, I just like the idea. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just like the yeah, idea yeah. that uh, primos can alert somebody and that they're willing to like run across lands and mountains and lakes yeah, just to really like show funny. up in battle like in this dangerous very dangerous uh, uh area just so that they're like they're so attracted to her <laughs> yeah and it, it's funny it, it, it's very freeform too because like uh, the trailer kind of advertised like you'll you'll need this for, like for some side quest you might need a character to go with you somewhere to do yeah. this one thing or you might need to like uh rescue someone and you'll need to like allure them to follow you yeah get them out uh, of there and, and the the real neat interesting thing about uh her allure thing is whenever you uh, ask them to be a lord, um, they have this like percentage of like the the chances, uh, just a percentage of like, will this work? This allure work? For the purpose of this demo, it looks like it's always gonna be hundred percent. But it's like it, it they say if this uh, fails, your your reputation may may go down, and this leads to, like some very very interesting things for Primrose, uh, maybe for other characters, where there might be a reputation system for them, where if you have a good reputation with, like, a town, you can maybe it'll open up some side quests, or only some side quests can only be opened up if you have a bad reputation with them. It's, it's the, the possibilities, this, this like, little system, like, note, Major is like, oh, man, I wonder how freeform it's going to be. Like, are they going to really sounds go like a like a Western RPG mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> reputation, but yeah. who knows how it's going to be implemented. It's 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 such a wonderful wonderful like demo just like a very like if it's like if there's a proof of concept for this and what this what the opening acts looks like I have I'm very very excited for this game obviously it's still in development I think like there's still I I think the the depth of field thing that they're going for is very interesting but kind of a bit too harsh like when you like run yeah. around town like it like blurs just a bit too much of like like your surrounding environment and like if I like the hard lighting in the demo like it's very uh, like a vignette style. Uh, kind of presentation it's it's a little bit too intense at times like say for some assets like say baskets or like uh nets and whatnot it can like kind of you can see like the pixels on the screen like to the point that like it goes like black and green dots so it's like a little bit too harsh uh yeah it's there... really early yeah it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's supposed to be out in 2018 and it's 2018 heard, yeah, yeah yeah and they are they just apparently they just put out like i don't think it was like yeah. today or yesterday they put out the surveys people whoever yeah. downloaded the demo the the josh i assume you got a survey yeah, yeah, I have a, a survey in my uh, email. I don't so just let and, them know. Too harsh, yeah, and, too harsh. and then then this is this is good because like if it's from the same like kind of some of the folks uh, from Bravely Default, I remember they sent out surveys for Bravely Default and they took a lot of player feedback on that and used it to, like enhance their game and look how like the original Bravely Default turned out turned out to be a very very great RPG. You know, it's, it's just kind of bizarre when you think it's a choir because these are like the Akiba's yeah. trip people, <laughs> and, yeah, like, I know. and the Shinobodo and the Shibido and the Way of the Samurai people, like they're, like they're an ages of like these games. So this is easily like they're at least I mean, the biggest game that they've ever put out in years. Yeah. So uh, as far as developers, there's not even like touching like you know what, what I like. I think my 
most favorite aspect of this game is like the music. It's done by Yasunori Nishiki, who yes. did recently did the Grand Blue anime OST. I, 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 I never really yeah. heard of this guy, but like just the main menu music and the battle theme are like fucking amazing. Good. You know? I, oh man, I, I'm going to be playing this after this podcast. Now. It's I so, love me some video, good video yeah, game music. Yeah, it's I'm... it's a very very impressive demo, and just I'm looking forward to it so much you already have a there's dual audio as well they have english and japanese voices in it. it's not fully oh, voiced but like a, the more important uh, pressing stuff. Stuff. yeah the, the voice it's it's a very one of the most promising rpgs in yeah. a lot as well like, picking up a switch it, it, in a couple weeks so i really hope yeah. to play it too yeah this is here like if you think you have like like i have sense gave you like like 90s nostalgia oh man this thing will like blow it out of the water oh, that's... but it does it does so much more than just like bring back nostalgia it's like just a solid game on its own that you can see it's clearly in development mm-hmm. but if they nail all the right cues and like do a lot more stuff with the other protagonists this is this is going to be something special and i hope they really nail it yeah is it gonna be a good is it gonna be a replacement for you know scarlet saga scarlet grace though yeah hey, i don't know i don't know but yeah, uh i'm very impressed. It's definitely impressed. it definitely gives that Saga Frontier vibes, like James was talking about. That's for sure. As a huge fan, I, I'm excited to play it. And speaking of which, uh, you're speaking of I am Satsuna. Uh, they did announce Lost Fear will be out January 23rd, right. my birthday. So that'd be yeah. awesome. That's a good oh, birthday awesome. present. Yeah, I love yeah, that, and I'm really looking forward to it. Because um, yeah, talking about like that, that's it's, it's kind of sh- surprising to me shocking even that tokyo rpg factory isn't the ones working on this just because like that seems like their project i know exactly this is like this exactly like 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 tokyo rpg factory's mission statement it's like embodies this game yeah it's weird and also uh Apparently, Silicon Studio is working on. They're the ones developing Terra Battle Two. So this is yeah, uh, so... this is a weird cross, uh, you know, collaboration. In that you know, like, it makes you think about what Silicon Studio is doing for the Switch. You know, because like this is this is not this is just the producers, but like the actual core team makes me think if they're working on something big for the Switch now. So maybe a bravely default console version. That'd be kind I, of I really want to hear all your thought, all three of your thoughts, because all you have a Switch. Like, the, yeah. definitely get back to me uh, after you play skins because we, we have a lot. To talk about oh, when no. it comes I'll be going to switch sometime, like maybe this week, if not early next. So by the time <laughs> you, you come back, you already got one of its best games, and it's for free, and it's a yes. demo. <laughs> yes, that's that's yeah. it's going to be exciting. Uh, I can't wait to play it, and I, I everyone here sounds like they're excited to play it as well. So this is easily yeah. like for people like us who have kind of you know that grew up in the '90s. Like this is definitely something that we're excited about. Uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the last uh, piece of news, which you know I probably should have put this before octopath but uh fire emblem warriors they did uh confirm lynn uh is going to be coming to fire emblem warriors which is kind of crazy because she's from the game boy advance game and so that's kind of showing that they're willing to like stretch the legs a little bit more than just fates and awakening so i feel like she was actually added because of the there was this like kind of uh yeah Yeah. i think she won it and there's actually on neogaf i saw there was a uh there was a link to the interview, and they actually thought that uh, Lucina was going to win that. So they were like, oh, we were really surprised that Lynn won. We, we Hell really, yeah, motherfucker. She's really good. She's yeah. really good in that game, so I'm not... It's, yeah, it was Lynn versus like, Lucina. And her, her, her growth in that game is nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah from reading the uh, interview, it almost sounded like they were already working on Lucina, and when they found out, oh, crap, people want Lynn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fuckers. <laughs> that's, that's exciting to see something like that, and it makes me wonder, like, who else they're going to be adding. Uh, hopefully, they'll add like a lot of those, uh, a lot of those characters that are popular in Heroes. You know, I hope that they do find because uh, they haven't really shared. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't really showed too much about the DLC plans for that game. Yeah. Uh, well, so. they there was a leak about 
Yeah. Like the European right. special edition box art had like little sprites of all the characters and some of them that were on there um, included Lynn. So we kind of knew she was coming, like assuming that was true. And then like other characters on that like box art or Kata slash Sheeta, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the Pegasus Knight from Shadow Dragon, as well as Celica from Echoes, and who else? Uh, that, Tiki. Yeah, it was like the one with like they showed a little bit of red. I think it was, Sorry, wasn't like they, they oh, saw a little bit of red on the box. I I don't know, but I remember a kite, uh, kite one of our staff members uh, saw a little bit of like red in one yeah. of the screen, uh, European screenshots for Warriors that came out recently. It's like, oh, that's probably Navarre. And like, after <laughs> yeah. looking, like we're like, wait, what the fuck? Just, like, that's <laughs> just a little bit of red. He's like, he's got his eyes. Like, he's, he's yeah. got, he's a Fire Emblem Diehard fan, apparently, because he can like, he's, not he, just... Uh, yeah, he, he loves like, both Fire, big Fire Emblem and uh, Dynasty Warriors fans, so there's like a dream come true. Oh, he, so he, he posts like, about he's, Dynasty Warriors all the damn yeah. time, so I'm not... Oh, he, so, he so I looked it up. The me. other characters that were leaked but haven't been officially announced, well, Sheeta slash Kaida, who has uh-huh. she, that character has two different names. Oh, okay. Based on English, like, split personality yeah. disorder. Okay. In Europe, she's known as Sheeta. In, in, in uh, USA, she's known as Kaida. Oh, okay. And, I, I'm only I know in Japanese, Europe, it's, it's, it's said more like Sheeta. Um, but um, the, one of the trailers just showed her outright, even though she, like, wasn't, like, Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Wasn't it like they, like, messed up? Like, oops. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... And she's like right there. It's like no question about it. The there. other people on the box art that have not been shown are Anna, who's like the series like mascot girl, like merchant. Oh, um, yeah. She was playable oh, in Awakening. Yeah. Um, and also uh, Tiki, the dragon from, from Shadow Dragon, as well as Celica from Echoes. Now, if so we're talking about great. like characters that should be in the game that aren't, like, <laughs> alike. Like, where is Ike? Hector. Where the fuck is Hector? Hector needs to be in there for sure. That's, Hector needs yeah. a, Hector uses Hector and Lynn are definitely the most axe. popular from the GBA games. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, I don't know. I I I can only imagine they're gonna go the the Hyrule Warriors route with this and add uh, add a fuckload of DLC as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it it this game is like kind of made for that, right? Do you think mm-hmm. Do you think the uh, Donald? <laughs> I would love to have Donald oh, in there, no. just killing a bunch of people. <laughs> just, dude, he's, I mean, just, he's got the best growth in the whole game. He's so good. He has a rake as a weapon, right? Uh, he starts a spear, all right? Like that's he starts with a rake. I thought he had. Oh yeah, he, he, he yeah, he's adorable. He's he's amazing. He's my boy. And that's why I want him. To be <laughs> he's my boy Donald. Yeah. Uh, like he's the, he's the most fun character I had in that game. I, th- I thought I was like making a big mistake focusing on him as soon as I got him, but then man, he gets super powerful. A lot of a lot of Fire Emblem characters in those games, like if they start out weak and low leveled, and if you have to ba- if you baby them a bit, they they end up like. I, I, I wish I wish they would reflect that they show like like a six pack on Donald like buff ass arms like oh my gosh like, just like actual, like physical growth as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. taking steroids <laughs> to see him in the background taking shots really like good. stabbing himself with a shot he's like I gotta get stronger for them oh, oh man I don't want, I don't I don't like this lore that you have of Donald mm. leave my boy alone he's he's innocent. <laughs> he, he he works hard he doesn't need like. Uh, you know the artificial yeah. growth. He needs hits up he, the gym. He's... A deeper voice. Oh, mm. what are you talking about? He's going through puberty, like while he's fighting. <laughs> Just, yeah, I don't know about all this. I, I'm not. A, he's innocent. Leave him alone. He's pure. Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of news, and it's crazy to think that this upcoming week we've got Sony's TGS uh, pre TGS conference and TGS, of course, kicking off a little bit. Uh, the following week oh yeah there, so, there was like a there was like some pre-tgs asia conference yes. thing the, the one they'd always hold before tgs starts 
I, I want to get I there, a couple years ago they announced a bunch of like tons of things. Yeah. Then like last year it was kind of like nothing. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I remember yeah. it was like eh, last year, but yeah. hopefully. Yeah, and then the proper Asia conference is always like, here's some new controller colors, <laughs> new Vita colors. That's yeah. that's their actual TGS conference that they have at the show itself with uh yeah Sony Japan. But no, yeah, the pre TGS usually like they've got a ton of stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that should mean another exciting podcast that Josh won't be a part of, which is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you'll come oh, back boy. and you'll just be spending about an hour just talking about the news from the following week. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's kind of nuts to think that, yeah, we're really deep into it. And of course we'll have a bunch of reviews up, so I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff next week as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it's great to be an RPG fan right now. That's get for to sure. not worry about RPGs next weekend. It's been great. I don't yeah. get worried about video games, except if, the one video game I'm playing. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of side pulls. Like, are you going to, do you think there'll be like a Catherine side pull over there? Oh, there's definitely the, like all the side tournaments there. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. almost positive there's a Catherine one there, but there is the rumor about a Catherine sequel coming out. So, you know, we'll find yeah. out about that too. Uh, yeah. So that's it for the news and that's it yeah. for a podcast. And so, actually one more, one more announcement uh, since uh, Alex huh? is actually, you know, we as a site are looking for, you know, for uh, more writers, uh, more staff. Uh, we're opening that up. You have a job listing up. So if you want to, you know, join our crew, uh, send an email uh, over at staff at rpgsite.net. That is S-T-A-F-F at rpgsite.net. I mean, if you don't know how to spell staff, you should not apply. So I'll just Dang. let you know right now. Yeah, I'll just let yeah. you guys know. <laughs> We've already gotten some applications which are filled with like spelling errors and grammar issues. So it's like, uh, it's... Uh, yeah, try to at least, you know, spice it Include a writing sample, you know, Please make anything to do to help you stand out if you're yeah. listening to this. Yeah. And you don't need to be like a very experienced writer. Just include yeah. all writing sample, even if it's original, like all right at that point. It'd be great to have that. Don't just send an email asking what you want from us <laughs> because that's not going to really help us too much. We, we'd, we're we not looking for anything specific. Uh, we're open for all kinds of positions right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least we're looking for at least someone who is willing to do anything really so that we can we can uh, fill you in on a, on a spot that we're weak on. Uh, for example, you know we can always do help with we can always use help with like mmos and indie games and stuff like that that's something that we would love to see more coverage mobile games i think is a great market that we just don't do a lot of that we would love to see people be willing to cover because yeah we've got terror battle 2 coming up Dingeball links like we talked about grim's notes if you're kind of into those games and want to cover that for us that'd be perfect so but, but uh, you know like like we said like it's not it's not exclusively for oh, that if you, if you, you have a, already a passion like console we'll RPGs, spread you out. yeah free, there's definitely games that people aren't uh as looking for like western rpgs definitely that's something we could use help on so just some examples of stuff that we could use some help with that uh we'll try to help uh we'll try to find some help with it's a paid position so that'll certainly help out too and you can put that on your resume uh so yeah let's wrap things up though uh so as always you can always find us at rpgsite.net we've got a review up for like i said utoramato mask of truth we've got a review coming for destiny 2 and for um as josh said tokyo dark and uh uh, mm-hmm. What was the other game? Monster Hunter Stories. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So is that anything else that we just put up? We got that great East article about the four mysterious East games. Oh, that yeah. Liz, about uh, working on that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's we got a fun a, little article. Yeah. We got an East 8 endings guide that Zoe, uh, that uh, what's his actual Chow. name? Chow. Put up. <laughs> I only know people by their handles, apparently. Uh, yeah. D- uh, and so we've got that stuff up right now. Uh, also, you can find us on Twitter at RPG site. Uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rpgsitenet, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. Um, you can find us on iTunes and your favorite podcast app, such search for TetraCast. Uh, and 
Finally, also, uh, we've got our Discord permanent link, discord.me slash RPG site. We've got a lot of more people showing up there, so exciting times. A lot of stuff to talk about, so you can talk with amongst the people that are big RPG fans, just like you are, if you're listening to this, I'm sure, or video game fans or anime fans. Just join us, talk. We can have a lot of fun. We can talk during the Sony conference, I'm sure. We'll, we'll probably have some better stuff for that. We'll find out. Uh, and finally, like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you? James. Uh, you can find me at the Sweet T H E S W W E E T on Twitter. Hey, Josh. Uh, you can follow me at H D Karen H D K I R I N. I'm being super intense here. Adam. Hi. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop yeah, playing games, games while you're uh, supposed to be on a podcast. I bet you are right now. But you, I bet Maybe. you're playing Entry Odyssey like you were last week. That was actually just a joke. I'm oh, I'm sure. Myself. <laughs> yes. Where can they find you on Twitter, Adam? K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Just giving you a hard time. All right, and you can also always find me at Zacharys. All right, so that's yeah. it for the September 16, 2017 edition of the Tetracast. This has been going on for two hours. Let's See get out of here. See all of you two, uh, two weeks. Off to Orlando. Oh, you're not going <laughs> to. This is going to actually be a lot last podcast. We're not going to have you back. Bye, oh. everyone.